0: This is Gal Thorpe, and you're listening to Radio Free Istvan.
1: Heresy and betrayal. These are the words being used to describe the treachery of the Warmaster Horus and his three brothers, Materian Fulgrim, and Angron, against the innocent hive world of Istvan III. Once a flourishing planet, now a wasteland, desolate and lifeless, after the Emperor's favourite son unleashed the Imperium's greatest weapon, the deadly Life-Eater virus. However, all is not lost. Some valiant legionnaires survived the onslaught thanks to quick thinking and a timely warning. Hidden deep within a bunker under the Coral City, these legionnaires broadcast the truth across the galaxy. Forever hunted, they have vowed to broadcast as long as possible and remain free. Radio Free Istvan. What's going on, Radio Free Istvan listeners? Uh, So here's the thing, guys. Just out the gate, just let y'all know this is actually take two because I totally, like, completely 100% deleted episode 16 like mid recording i think we we're like almost two hours
2: 17 right You, oh, you yeah, said 17, 17 last time
1: yeah okay look i'm, I'm just a little flustered right now because we were recording for two hours we had an awesome conversation that ryan hated it was fantastic it was just this beautiful <laughs> beautiful podcast we had going and then bam i tried to delete out a piece of it deleted everything there's no recovering back. And I get it, guys. I know I'm gonna get so many emails and like so many messages. Hey, I can help you recover it. I can do that. No. It's not how it works. Like I I'm an IT guy. I know like I it, I'll find it if it got deleted. No, this thing's just straight gone from the face of the earth. It was like a temporary like project being holding garage band. It's a whole thing. But that aside, we're just gonna we're just gonna get we're just gonna hit it fresh. It's gonna go fresh. <laughs> we're not gonna get to touch base on this. Warlord conversation that me and Ryan had. That's okay. It's all right. So, for those of y'all just jumping in right now, before like even hearing this little spiel that I just threw out, we're Radio Freest van We're a Horse Heresy 30K podcast. Uh, I'm based out of Texas. I got my co-host Ryan with me right here. He's actually based out of Indianapolis. You can say what's up, Ryan. What's going on, everybody? And uh, we actually have a pretty good show for you guys tonight. Uh, we are going to be discussing uh, a... Uh, we're going to be going over our hobby progress, which we usually do every week. Uh, we also have... Uh, a, Ryan actually played a pretty cool game. He's been pretty anxious to tell me about it. I was just about to get to hear it before I delete the podcast. But uh, we're also going to go ahead and go over a an Ironwing list later on in the podcast. Uh, and we're also going to go ahead and... We had a question over at the Warhammer30k subreddit on leviathan help so we we, somebody's requesting on the leviathan force organization chart they wanted some help on that so we're gonna go and give (laughs) it yeah yeah i'm just
2: laughing (laughs) like i need help with this super ridiculous thing anyway go ahead
1: sorry so it'll be it'll be that'll be super quick on that help because uh i can't imagine there's too much we need to help on that so i guess we'll just jump right into it man ryan again What have you been
0: working on?
2: (laughs) So, for the second time. (laughs) uh, uh, So I finished my uh, Storm Blade for the most part. It's like 99.9% done. Um, There's these little trim pieces that go in the um, track wells where I did the cutouts. uh, And I only had enough pieces, parts to do uh, one of them. So I had to order one of those sprues from Games Workshop that has the uh, sponsons on it because it's got the pieces I need uh, in that. Plus I needed some extra side plates because I magnetized all the sponsons on it. But it, only, it comes with uh, where you can put a sponson in one because it has three sections down the side that have these plates where you can put sponsons or whatever. So it comes with, for each side, a sponson a plate with like the uh, Aquila on it and a blank plate. I I glued the Aquila plate in place in the center section. So I have an open section on each end that I magnetized. Well, if I don't want to run it without sponsons, I want enough plates to put on all of it. So I, I, magnetized the blank plates to go up front. But if I don't want to run any sponsons, I needed another set of those blank plates. So it's not a total loss that I needed to order that whole sprue. So uh, that sprue will give me the plates I need to magnetize to run it with no sponsons, and it'll give me the the piece that I need to cut up to make the trim pieces for inside of the tracks. And then I'm missing one of the targeters for one of the last cannon turrets. The Blood and Skulls uh, turrets have a, a spot for two guns, but because they're not twin link last cannons, I only have one, so I use that other half. I put these little targeters in there that come off the Valkyrie. And I was missing one of those, so I ordered one on eBay. So just waiting on that stuff to come in to fully finish it. But I sent you pictures uh, for you to see. I mean, you get the idea. It's just missing, like I said, these little bitty pieces that most people wouldn't even know were missing
1: if I didn't tell them. So for sure. Yeah, I'm actually looking forward to kind of seeing how that works out. Uh, so you use the Blood and Skulls Industries complete sponsor inside sponsoring kit. Like, yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, I guess you can so I use you can't the really tracks. mix and match them.
2: Yeah, I use the tracks from Blood and Skulls, I used the the entire sponson kit, and all the all four of the little turrets that go on the sponsons are Blood and Skulls. I used the fuel tanks that go on the back, but I had to heavily modify them to get them to fit the Forge World Stormblade kit, which we talked about that, I think, last uh, podcast. Right. And then um, I used the exhaust, so... The Forge World kit comes with a backplate. Like, the Forge World exhaust and the Blood and Skulls exhaust are actually very similar. They, they have their own unique backplate that, like, centers the shrine because in the normal plastic kit, the shrine for the engine is, like, more to the side. Right. So the Forge World one center, but just the actual exhaust that comes out on each side of the, the shrine is slightly different. So I just use the actual Forge World backplate because it, it uh, the way it fits the tank is unique to that forge world design but then was just able to take the blood and skulls like actual exhaust pieces and just glue it right onto the plate so oh wow it was it wasn't that it, it pretty much it doesn't quite match up but I'll be able to where the little exhaust pipes at the bottom come out I can heat them up and bend them to make them fit so it's it's pretty easy you don't have to like cut anything or anything like that so um got that thing built and then I built a uh, Malkador is the first Malkador I built. It wasn't that bad to, to do. I uh, built it for my militia. It's the last vehicle I needed to build for my militia army. So all I have to do now to finish out that entire army is build uh, 25 more uh, just normal dudes, but I need to build them out of the guys with the skull heads. Um, most of my army are just the dudes with the gas mask rebreathers from Forge World, but the way I changed my list... It used to just be, all be levees, so I didn't care what they looked like. But now I have to have 40 guys that are like standard militia dudes. The, the guys okay. that are like the step above levees. So I needed something to make them look different so they wouldn't get mixed together. So I have to have 40 skullhead guys and only have 20. So I had to <laughs> order some more of those. I'm waiting on those. So... Skull faces. Skull skullhead <laughs> like, Skull guys. What so, can I do
1: to make them look different? Skull, skull faces. Head. He's skulls'
2: faces. So, anyway, waiting on those, uh, and then that army will be totally done. I primed a bunch of that stuff. I primed all my militia vehicles. uh, primed the two Avengers to get those going for my blood angels. And then, last but not least, I'm doing this big dungeon kit that we talked about a little bit last time where my brother-in-law is running a... We have this indie toy and comic con coming up. It's like a small local convention with just toys, comics, games, things like that. So he needed a 3d dungeon to run this like dungeon crawl game that he's doing um, he wanted it to look really nice and not just use like paper or cardboard uh, tiles for the dungeon so I had this thing laying around I bought it for the board game descent when it was in its first edition and it was just all supposed to take place like in an actual dungeon there was a guy that he was basically this is just made out of dental plaster he made his own molds out of the uh, Hearst art like castle molds of he just basically redid all the descent tiles where they were like 3d. So I bought this whole kit on eBay years ago and it's just set there because descent went into version two and it's got totally different tiles and the tiles for version two actually are double-sided. So it's, it'd be really hard to make a 3d version or to make these work. So I just was kind of stuck with these. So I've decided to, uh, just paint them up for him. So just been working on that. Uh, I think they look pretty cool. I'm uh, still working on it right now actually as we're doing the podcast, so if you hear any hobby noise in the background, that's what I'm doing. But when it's done, I'll uh, post some pictures of it for you.
1: Yeah, dude, you're really um, putting the putting the work in on those tiles, man. Like five-step process per little tile. Yeah,
2: I thought it would go faster like we talked about last time. I was like, I did this in 2 minutes. You know, I was all proud that I could get it done that fast and so we like extrapolated that out and you're like, "Man, that's going to take like 8 hours." So like i said i'm like on hour like 16 or 17 or something oh, like God. that trying to do so it's uh i just spray painted the tiles dark gray and then uh dry brushed them a medium gray and then washed the entire t- tile with non oil um and then i'm going back through and gluing these little games workshop uh tufts and like some uh hobby grass or whatever on there to make them you know like look like it's like a rundown castle with like some weeds and shit growing up through the flagstones and moss and stuff. Just give it more color so it's not just gray.
1: Like the and landscaper's long gone.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and now I'm working on these uh doors, painting the wood on the doors and the banding like the brass color and painting the little bars on the windows and things like that. So doing the details. Got these little piles of gold coins I'm working on. So, I got the I got all the dry brushing, all the washing done. So once I get this detail work of painting all this banding and stuff on the doors, I think all I have left to do is to go through and glue all the little tufts and hobby grass on which Brian, the guy who's borrowing the dungeon is coming over tomorrow. So me and him, will knock that out and then
1: go get something to eat. So let him do the easy stuff.
2: Yeah. Let but him. then like we were talking about on the uh, take one, of what to do <laughs> with the, of what to do with the dungeon when I'm done with it. Cause I like, I have this weird, you know, dungeon kit. Uh, so I don't even know. Cause he didn't, he, I don't know how big a setup is going to be, but I can't imagine, Matt, you know, I basically the reason this took so long that I didn't realize is cause I just had all the shit packed away in the box. When I finally unpacked it and primed it all and got like all the washes done as I'm washing it to, to let it dry, I'm setting it on this table at work. I put cardboard down so it wouldn't like, you know, put like stain the table. So I put cardboard down, I'm setting it out. And I'm like, man, I'm running out of cardboard. I had to keep running and getting more cardboard. And by the time I had it all set out, all the pieces are like literally pushed together where there's no space in between them. And it almost took up a whole six by by four table. There's so much of it. So it's like, I know he's only going to need like probably like one tenth. He's probably going to be, I just want this room and this room and like these four hallways. And I'll be like, fuck. Because like, you know, I could have done that in like a half hour. But (laughs) it is what it is. So I don't really know what to do with it. We were talking about you know me doing a a scenario where take like an eight by four table and divide it in half, kind of. So on one half, put down like one of those GW grass mats where it's like outside, and put like some you know trees, your normal shit you would see outside. Then in that divider part, make that look like a a cliff face or something. Like uh, just take like a piece of plywood and cut it you know, where it's as wide as the table and then make some like little legs for it so it'll stand up and then um, face it with like those uh, Woodland Scenics rock molds like I did my Isfahan table, paint it up where it looks like a rock face. looks pretty cool. And then put like a cave entrance, like a cave mouth in it. And then on the other half of the table where this is dividing it, lay down just like a black mat, like black, uh, what what do you call it? Like felt. Mat, like I have this thing that looks like I'm, it's just a giant ass mouse pad that's black, it's right. kind of padded, it's nice material. Lay that down, and then you could put this whole like dungeon set up, like all the hallways and rooms where it connects to that cave mouth. And then you could do like a scenario where you got a bunch of cultists or word bearers or whatever, you know, trying to do this like weird summoning ritual to destroy something like on Kalth or whatever. And so the good guys build their list, so it's like they. So you have a token force of word bears outside the cave with, like, tanks and shit, things you would actually see outside of, like, Zone Mortalis. And then the good guys roll in, and they, they're, they like, as far as, like, the outside portion, like, they're going to have, like, probably going to kill this token force pretty quick, you know, like, almost have, like, double the points or whatever. So anyway, you're, you're, the objective would be, like, to take out that token force, make it into the cave, and then fight your way through the cave system to try to take out the summoner or whatever. I think that would be a cool scenario that I could do with this. Um,
1: there, as long as you yeah. had, like, the, the main force rolling into the second game where you're inside the cave, like, have that main force, like, whatever the smaller force whittled that one down. So, like, they're at a disadvantage. Oh, no, no, no I'm saying game.
2: it's all one game. So, like, you literally, oh, wow. as you take... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Because the main force, the big, the the good guys are to roll in. They're going to bring like tanks and flyers and shit. Those obviously won't fit in the cave. So basically, you're going to have to build an army that within that army structure contains a zone mortalis force. So let's just say this is three reticle. And we you, you got
1: And you got to get that zone mortalis force to the cave entrance. To like, the
2: cave. So so let's just say we were playing three thousand points aside, and we were doing word bears versus ultras. We'll just make this up. So what you would do? So the word bear guy would build. He, he could build his list however he wanted. So you want to build stuff to go outside the cave to try to kill this force before it comes in and also to delay you so you don't just immediately come into the cave. But you also want to leave enough stuff, leave you enough room to, to buy models to keep in the cave that once they get in, you have a decent zone mortalis force to fight their force off that's coming in. So then on reverse of that, so the ultramarine player would have to build a force that can quickly knock out this outside force while protecting enough of his assets that can fit into the cave system, you know, to get that, to get it in there. So it's like this fine balance of how do I build my list? Like how much, how much of my force do I dedicate to guys that can go into the cave system? And how much do I dedicate to things so I can knock out this force that's outside of the cave system? Be kind of neat.
1: That'd be really cool. I could, that would be like the one scenario that I could see where like, a Mastodon is like a good idea.
0: <laughs> like
1: yeah, just a yeah. super heavy vehicle just slams into the cave entrance, opens its door up and then like blocks guys. light of sight from everything yeah. else while guys are just piling in through the.
2: Yeah, that would be cool. Or you could do like a drop pod list might be cool where you just drop, just drop pod all around that cave entrance and then just leave the pod and just like pile, like don't even worry about the guys outside. Just try to like squeeze through the cracks and get as many guys in as you can. There'd be a lot of ways to play it that would be cool. Especially if you spent, like,
1: some, like, if you gave, like, the word bearer some points and, like, fortifications and stuff like that. Like, the the cool stuff, like the minefields and shit like that. Like, oh, that was a minefield. Badoosh.
2: Right. So, I mean, you could
1: do different things with it. So that's kind of my idea,
2: like, my rough idea in my head of, like, once it's painted, because it will look pretty badass. So that's the only thing I can think of that, you know, use it as kind of, like, a Zone Mortalis... You know that looks, you know the way it does, kind of neat.
1: You so have a princess in there that you gotta save and stuff. That'd be yeah,
2: we were joking about that. About uh, <laughs> my, uh, my Leviathan Dreadnought has to save the damsel in distress. In <laughs> the the, the damsel. <laughs> I'm gonna paint up one of those like uh, Brittonian. They actually call them bretonian damsels when bretonians yep. existed. I'll have a bretonian damsel. I'll have to have a Bretonian damsel model that the Leviathan dreadnought has to save from like the clutches of like some like how funny would that be? It's like here's my cave goblins, like with the fucking, you know, like the the robes with the moons and stars and shit on them, and the Leviathan's just like stomping around there, (laughs) smashing the fuck out of these goblins. They're trying to like poke it with spears and shit, and it's just murdering everything. Then it's like shows up to it's like gets to where the princess is at, and there's, like, all these goblins, and it just, like, shoots all its phosphex, and he accidentally phosphexes the princess. I'm here to it's save you.
0: Melted slag. <laughs> <It's> like-
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Mission 50% true. completed. <laughs> 50% <laughs> failure.
2: So, anyway, that's my hobby progress. Where are you at on your
1: hobby progress? Uh, Well, man, uh, I got my... I, I got my dreadnoughts finished. My uh, my box dreads, uh, the ironclad Mark IV ironclad dreadnoughts. Uh, I've got them loaded out like classic close combat configuration with the siege drill and the close combat arm. And inside the palms, there's the, uh, the assault cannons. So I, I, I finally got those painted up. Got I mean, I had them painted up, but they were just weren't finished. I needed like the lenses painted. I needed uh deco work. And I also needed some, uh, the matte varnish, which still in love with that testers, by the way, and it's it still shit. makes it fucking pop, dude. Like it, oh, it's so good, it makes that red pop. So I finally got the decals applied to it, and me and you actually had a discussion about this whole uh, uh, decal job here. I've been putting these kill markings on the side of all my dreadnoughts, and they're actually the command, right? The command skull? I think it's yeah,
2: it's yeah. You can you can use like a, the. Uh, the normal marine sprue, like there's an ultramarine sprue or whatever. It's just like the, it's for ultramarine uh, command, like the command section of ultramarines use that skull symbol. So like, yeah. ultramarines, you know, their tactical guys have the arrow, the fast attack guys have like the cross, and then the devastators have the little explosion. The command right. group has this little skull, and that's the skull you're using.
1: So yeah, that that's the skull that I'm using for my kill markings on the right shoulder of my dreadnought. So, hopefully when these we actually start playing some game like I started out them with like pre-skulls and I feel like that's bad luck, but until they get those kills, I won't be adding any more skulls. But I'm hoping that like I don't know, what what do you think would be like a good calculator for like what they kill, like an entire unit. I don't think I'm going to get like entire unit kills. But what do you think you I could should say
2: if they finish off a unit, like I actually score a kill point. So like if they kill the remnants of a unit, they're like literally the guys that removed the last models from that unit. Or you could just say it's any type of like character if they kill a character. So like even if they just kill the sergeant, like that counts or if they kill a whole like a, a vehicle or something. I don't know. There's different okay. ways you could calculate it. Other dreadnoughts. Um, i think i do units
1: i think i'll just do like units all around like if they finish off a unit or if they kill a unit because i mean they're gonna kill units like nothing because they're they're close combat dreads like i'm gonna like like these dudes i always imagine them just like head first charging and just bashing through like even though they're the baby version of what like the leviathan does they uh they'll just like bash through like rhinos and stuff like that and like End up on the other side. I'm trying. So I what you do you m- do when you end up with too many kill markies? Did you play ever play
2: little league baseball like me and you always had the one asshole that was like the total ringer? He was like had the growth spurt before everybody else. Had a beard when he was 12 and was like six feet tall. Like around here, you whenever you hit a home run, you get those little patches like you could put on your jersey and like. I never had a home run patch. I was a small kid, whatever. But I remember there was this one kid that literally had like so many home run patches. They wouldn't like fit on his, he looked ridiculous. It looked like his uniform was made of home run patches. I'll never forget. He had them on the tongues of his shoes. He had them on the tongues of his cleat. These home run patches where he'd hit so many home runs.
1: Were you afraid of that kid? Like you should have been afraid of that kid playing against that kid.
2: Uh, I mean, I didn't really care. Like it was little league. Like, you know, I didn't, I don't, it wasn't like that super competitive. I never felt, I was always like, I remember seeing him and being like, well, Jesus, like, you know, like, I don't even have one patch. This guy's got like, can't even fit anymore on his uniform. He's got him on the tongues of his shoes for crying out loud. I don't even know why I remember that, but I do. But i am imagining like your one <laughs> dreadnought is going to end up with like so many skulls. <laughs> He'll have them. It's like, you'll have to like find new places to put them. He'll like have them on the toes, the individual toes of the dreadnought, have old skulls and shit on them. It'll be ridiculous.
1: Just like you remembered that kid from your little league, for the past what? How long is little Beagle? I'm
2: 34. I think I played little league when I was five or six. So almost 30 years,
1: 29 years. 30 years, 29 years. That's how I want people to remember my dreadnoughts. (laughs) (laughs) Holy shit! Dreadnought. He has skulls on his toes. (laughs) He's he's killed entire (laughs) he's killed units for days. (laughs) Like yes. That's what I want. I don't, I really don't know. Like, I, I want to fill out the shoulder pad at least. Like, actual I've always liked the idea of, like, kill markings, like, keeping up with them in the game. But I've just never done it, like, and I don't know. These look so cool to me. I put way too many on my gold Leviathan just because I wanted it to make look like it was, like, a sanguinary guard who died but, like, carried over his, like, kill markings from before. From life. From, yeah from life before being interred into the dreadnought so he's got like way too many but I'm totally cool with that like it I'll, I'll just keep track of him have like a little like a little uh, a little baby like mini case inside of my normal case that I just like pop open with like a little decal transfers pour a little water in there like apply it during the battle hold on hold on give me one second sir I'm applying this decal so but yeah, so I got these little baby dreadnoughts done, dude. They're my little uh I don't know how to put it, man. It, it it's so crazy to me cuz like whenever I played 40K in what, 3rd edition, 4th edition, like dreadnoughts were so big in my hand. Like they were so massive. I don't know if it was cuz I was younger and smaller or if because like that's how like that was big back then. Like, well, I remember- just think
2: it's the evolution of the kits. Like, Games Workshop has this fetish now where everything's got to be giant. I guess they just bought this factory where they're going to start making even more giant kits. So, going back to the conversation that got erased, it's going to lead... And I'm just scared that it's going to lead to a bunch of silly shit that I don't care for. But we'll see what they do with it. But, I mean, it's like... It, like, back when when Fantasy Eighth Edition was out... Um, you know before it became Age of Sigmar, like the last little round when they went through and were like actually updating codexes for the old edition, it was like a running joke around here that like you knew what you knew what like your army was getting, like because people always like to you know speculate, like, well, I want to see this type of unit when I get this new unit. It's like, no, you're getting some type of monster's cavalry because everything had to be bigger, and then some type of giant monster. So even if you played like Empire like (laughs) who normally doesn't have shit like that (laughs) yeah Yeah, you're getting like giant silly shit that like even whether it fits or not so we were joking it never came to fruition but we were our big joke was when bretonians came out they were going to get you know the giant model that like they made this giant that would like and then they gave it access to it to like half the factions in the game just to sell the shit out of that giant kit it was going to be a version of that giant on a giant horse it was going to be a giant on a giant <laughs> horde like a giant knight, like that was going to be like the unit the Bretonians got because okay. we couldn't think of any other monster that Bretonians would get. So it's the giant mounted giant.
1: <laughs> some some Age of Sigmar rep is like listening in on the podcast right now. He's like, "Holy fuck! Did you hear that? That's brilliant! It's so brilliant. smart." <laughs> we'll call them Brethonians that way. The, <laughs> the IP is safe, and we can. Uh, <laughs> so yeah so anyway
2: um i'm fine with big models like i don't i'm not like trying to be a hater or whatever but i like sometimes they get carried away where it's just like they they make something like so when the night came out like the original like the night they come out with that and it sells a bajillion copies of the night like it was a you know a big success so instead of well, I think it started with the Riptide, if I remember right. So they make the Riptide and everybody like bought the shit out of it. And then right after that everybody was like, Well, let's just make a Wraith Knight and have this giant Eldar thing and let's make an Imperial Knight and have this giant whatever thing. It's like, all right, cool. So what's next? Are like Dark Eldar gonna get like a giant fucking uh like what are their little thrall guys called? Then they have the bigger version. It's like Ogryn version. Are they going to get like one that's like a night version? It's just a big, like muscly dude in the mask. Yes. It looks like, you know what I mean? Like it, it just gets, you kind it gets kind of where you want to roll your eyes at a certain point where it's like, yeah, we get it. Cool. You know, big models, Woo-hoo. you know, at least that's how I am. It just, and then it's like, where do you go? Do you, then do you make like even bigger and bigger shit? i don't know it's kind of a weird thing and then you end up with these games where everybody wants to run this big ass model and you're you know you're playing like 1500 points or whatever but like one third of everybody's list is this giant model i don't know i just i'm just not a fan like i it's it they're fine you know every once while sparingly but I liked it better when it was like more of an apocalypse thing to use the big models or whatever. And then heresy handles it well with the 25%, you know, and only over, like you have to play 2000 points at a minimum and then it can only be 25% of your army. It keeps it in
1: check. So yeah, I feel uh, the 25 percent is like perfect for, and, and it was so crazy because uh, it just going into this conversation now, like whenever we were at Stiff Two, people made such a big deal that we weren't following the twenty five percent. We were giving up to X amount of points could have been used for Lord of War, yeah, instead of like flat out twenty five percent for the twenty five hundred point list, and like people like especially because we did a lot of uh, bat reps uh, for Stiff Two and around that time, people made such a big deal over like I like you know you could see how overpowered. Taking that Lord of War versus this army because it's you know 400 points instead of 25 percent of the army, like it is way too many points. And you can like see that it may it, like completely swayed the game. Uh, you know.
2: Right. I don't know. Yeah. Now I mean, imagine in- trying to play. I don't know how much 40k you play, but imagine like every tower army you see now is like here's my two riptides and my two storm surges or whatever the hell they're called. And it's like, <laughs> it's like here's my army of five big stompy robots that ignore all the rules in the game. They don't need line of sight. They ignore cover. They're strength D so I don't roll to wound. You're just picking up models. It's pretty lame. I'm not a fan. That's so
1: fucking so, sweet, dude. Love it. So, I, I don't know. I, I was like just commenting on the idea of like I'm holding these little baby dreadnoughts, and in my mind I'm thinking these things are so little, like this is so baby. What am I gonna yeah. do with these little? And be the shit. But I don't know. These are my base ass troops now. Legion dreadnoughts. They look great. I'm real happy to have them. But so yeah, yeah I worked the, on the these for,
2: guys. The Forge World. The Forge World model is way cooler than the plastic one too. The one that you're using.
1: Yeah, I can only find the Ironclad now. Like, I can't get a hold of the Mark IV on the they, site. They canceled. Once. They got rid of all of them. Why? Why would they I do that?
2: Because um speculate. Random speculation on my my point. I think uh, Games Workshop's just going to make them in plastic.
1: Please do Games Workshop. I'd appreciate that. Thank you. Buy the shit out of them. Don't make them like the Contemptor though. Y'all didn't do a great job on that.
0: <laughs>
1: but anyway. So, yeah, dude, so got those done, which is not, a, like, it's a it's a pretty big relief on my end, just because of all that edge highlighting. Um, but on top of that, I also got some uh, Proteus rotor cannons in, and with those Proteus rotor cannons, I saw somebody on the Heresy 30K forums, man, I really wish I remembered who it was, uh, but on the Heresy 30K forums, I saw somebody use those Proteus rotor cannons for his assault cannon, and... That's what I used. And it looks they look great. They look fantastic. I have no complaints over using these assault cannons. The only thing is that the I've had one complaint saying the boar is just a little too small to look like assault cannons. Like you can tell these are piddly. But in my my argument is just like hey, it's just a Leviathan. He's just big. They just look small on him. Like <laughs> so my Leviathans finally have machine gun Jublies. And uh, I posted that picture up already. If you guys want to check that out, uh, both my gold Leviathan, both both my Death Blossoms, and my Graviton Leviathan now have machine gun jubblies. So glad I got that all taken care of, dude. I also got some work done on this uh, Secret Weapons board, getting that ready for Stiff Three next year. Um, one thing that I'm kind of like, I don't know. I just, I'll save that for another podcast. Now I think about it. <laughs> I was going to go into the stiff three board and like how I should like do some things, but uh, we'll go over it on a whole other podcast because that's going to be some like how I should pose dead, dead titans. And that's just a whole other thing, whole other conversation. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, man, uh, I did. And this is actually going to be some future hobby progress that I, I do want to talk about with you. Uh, I, do you know who... I, if we, we we talked about... I asked you if you knew who Comrade Kish was in the first I take. do
2: not, but I do now as of when <laughs> you deleted the show.
1: <laughs> so now you do. So, like, I showed you this... Okay. So for those of you out there listening, there's this guy out there. His name is Comrade Kish. Uh, I believe he works for MakerBot. Now I think about it. Uh, he works for a 3D printing company and he's a 3D modeler. He's a fucking badass. He's a great 3D modeler. If you If you haven't seen any of his stuff... Uh, you can find him on Instagram, just Comrade Quiche, just like the egg pie, uh, and he, uh, he, he's well known for his Space Wolf Dreadnought that got featured on Forge World.
2: Dreadnought or Knight?
1: Knight. I'm sorry, Space Space Wolf Knight that he got he got featured on Forge World. So, like, I was sitting at my my desk at work and I was saying to myself, I was like, dude, like I really want. Like, what's, what's the next level from Blood Angels Knight or Blood Angels Dreadnought? I was like, a Blood Angels Knight, like an indentured house knight that was like fell in love with sanguine, Sanguineous or something like that. So, Comrade Quiche actually made a kit and 3D designed and 3D printed a kit, which is like complete Blood Angels death mask, Blood Angels um, chest piece. I don't know what that would be called. I guess it's like a chest piece. cuirass. Curious? Yeah, hey, that's a really Congrats. good word. Yeah. Yes. So it made that Blood Angels Curious and some Blood Angels like shoulder pads for a for an Imperial Knight. And it looks it looks really good. Ryan's like, eh, it's alright. It's whatever. But like in my head, I wanna have like and this is like a way later project, but I feel like we gotta discuss it. I wanna have a Questorus night list of just five gallants with dual close combat weapons. And I don't I don't even want the Reaper Chainsaws. I want straight up power fist on both hands. Like it'll count as a that? Reaper Chainsaw. Uh,
2: okay, I was gonna say I don't I, I think they have to be equipped the other way. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna do a count as, yeah.
1: Yeah, it'll it'll have to be a count as, but I want them to all be like Furioso knights if
2: you're gonna buy that many close combat weapons what if you just made chain like put the sword on the bottom of the fist and made dual chain fists and all of them? that's
1: that i was thinking like i was i was thinking about like doing one arm normal gallant like just normal thunderstrike gauntlet i think is what it's called and then do the other arm like chain fist style using the reaper chainsword that comes with it and yeah. so so the only
2: thing is it'll require some modeling i think the gauntlet can only be assembled as one or the other hand like it's only a left hand I think. Oh, is it? Yeah. Matt, it's weird. It's like it's like a Simpson hand. It's like four fingers and a thumb. So you might be able just to cut the thumb off and however that would work. You know what I mean? Because it's got to go on the other side.
1: Oh, that'll fuck me up. I've got to go check. I had, had one. I gave it away. <laughs> I have
2: one here. After the podcast, if you remind me, I'll run back and get mine and we can look at it.
1: Okay. So those of you all listening, I already need to start sourcing these thunderstrike gauntlets so if you have thunderstrike gauntlets that you haven't used hit me up and i'll talk about getting those off you especially all you people who bought those uh what was that kit out there that new kit the renegade knight kit i think is what it's called oh
2: yeah you get one you only get one in there though because it's it's uh you only get one of the upgrade sprues even though you get two knights
1: so all you people who didn't use your thunderstrike gauntlet hit me up we'll talk so so yeah, man, I'm I'm looking at I'm really I'm actually looking forward to making that Blood Angels Knight House like not I I, I don't know I, I'm gonna have to figure out like the fluff way the fluff wise behind it like see which knights were indentured to the Blood Angels and then I'm gonna make it like they've been there so long or like maybe it's like an honorary guard of knights that kind of like the Space Wolves have the Wolf Blades that get sent to different areas, like have them I'm like an honor guard. I'm shocked that
2: they're called wolf blades.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, just, me too. No, I'm just... <laughs> so make these Night blades, is what I'll call them.
2: <laughs> no, make them blood Blood something.
1: Blood blades? Blood blades. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I have like a Night house oh, dedicated. Oh Matt
2: Ward's not listening.
1: <laughs> oh, they exist now.
2: Him some
0: fluff.
1: <laughs> so... So yeah, I'm, I'm gonna pick up some knights, dude, and have like a Blood Angels 100 percent close combat knight house. Come they at you get in your stubbers. face.
2: They get stubbers.
1: I don't want the stubbers.
2: You <laughs> said throw them away. You can upgrade. Put another. To melt the gun. Put another fist. Actually, in the if they're supposed spot. to be Sanguinary Guard knights, which is what they look like. Sanguinary Guard. Everybody can take a uh, Inferno pistol, squad wide. So you could give them the one melt the gun in their chest, and it actually fits with that.
1: I can put the little melted gun that goes on their chest. I can put it underneath their arm, like so they can get the. So you <laughs> well, can get well, it looks too. looks like,
2: like whatever. You could do that, I guess. I think I'd just leave it the chest, <laughs> but yeah. Uh,
1: but yeah. Anyway, that's, a, that's I can see it project. in your
2: face. You're wanting to bring this warlord conversation back up again, but you just know it won't go as well. as the first time
1: that you've completed. <laughs> so those of you all listening, uh, we had a conversation like we, me and Ryan, we talked for like almost like two hours before we actually get the podcast up and rolling. Like it's, we talk for a lot and the conversation has kept coming up. Cause I force it up is like how to kill a warlord without like, it, it, everything comes down to like this, like bravery aspect of it. Like, wait, so, so here, okay, let's just do this. Let me, you know what? This is just gonna be a whole nother section of the podcast. Oh, uh, You're dragging I'm, me back in. <laughs> he's dragging me
2: back in. I'm Hobby progress. I will. My will. I'm being held against my
0: will. Right? Anyway, Hobby progress
1: is done. That's what I've worked on, guys. But here's the thing. All right. So we we've been talking about warlords like so much. Like everything we you know we've been bringing up warlords and you know how to beat a warlord and how it's not fun for uh, anybody to play a warlord because you're gonna have two you're gonna have two options. You're gonna either be like, you're either gonna be the guy bringing your warlord smashing somebody's face who didn't bring a warlord, which is like, you know. Somebody who brought their 3,000 point Raven Guard army yeah. <laughs> to fight a fucking warlord. Yeah. Or you're going to be the guy who completely tiered his list with like six Valdors or, you know, just ridiculous amounts of. I, I guess so the max would be like, you know, what, three Sikarn Venators, a Falchion.
2: Four. Like we talked about, you could do the Onslaught list where. You, you have you could run up to two falchions and then four sicker inventors. Now I, I would drop a Falchion and put Petarabo in there like we talked about, but
1: um so, so yeah, so so that's that's the thing. Like so Ryan like has this like beat face like this is how I stunlock the shit out of a warlord. <laughs> I play you play Perturabo, a Falchion. you play Onslaught, so you start second. Yeah. And you held everything in reserve first. Yep. Well, except I guess, except Perturabo. because No, no cause he could be knight. in reserve too. Yeah. So first turn comes around and bam, everything's on the fucking table. Well, and first you, immediately... third, you
2: have to go second. So you're, yep. you're making the warlord go first, but there's nothing on the table. So it's a wasted turn. So you're, that's already, you're cutting one whole turn of that fucking thing shooting out of the equation, which is a good thing. Yeah. Then you're getting to drive your whole army or deep strike it in or whatever onto the board turn one without, so you're basically almost, you're technically getting the second turn, but you're making sure that he can't do anything on his first turn. Then when you come on with the falchion and all these venators, you just hopefully can stun lock it
1: and then continually lock it down every turn where it doesn't do anything. Yeah. Which is like the most, like, I think I, I think I compared that to like throwing little nets on a poor, like blue whale. Like it's, Yes, that's a way to kill it, but, like, you're not, <laughs> like, you, that's, come on. Well, oh, like,
2: that's, that's that's the smart way to do it. Let's avoid <laughs> that
1: at all costs. <laughs> no, you, like, that's not a story you tell your mom. Like, it's not a, like, okay, so I mean, that's, like, the idea. It's, like, if you're going to take a warlord, you're going to have, like, you're the person playing the warlord is going to have fun, or you're going to have fun. Like, it's, like, there's not going to be any. To
2: me, honest, like, I don't think that's fun. Like, me just coming in and rolling, di- I mean, we could do this. What I'm saying is it's such a simplistic like, play school of a game. We can just have this conversation and know how the game goes. You don't really have to do it. Like, We could actually figure out, you can sit down, because it, it all comes down to, does this thing get around the shooting? Because if it gets around the shooting, it can kill all that stuff pretty easily. So we just sit down and figure out the odds of it being stunlocked every turn you know, like just the math of this as it hits this X amount of times and this happens X amount of times and whatever you, you work that out and then you, you know, you put whatever elements in and we can get an idea of like 70% of the time, this list will beat a warlord without it ever getting to shoot. It's like, that's not who gives a shit. Like I said, <laughs> who gives a shit? Why does anyone care about that? I don't care about that.
0: <laughs>
1: so There's like just, okay.
2: There's not enough elements in the, that's not interesting to me like
1: So so we brought this idea up of the uh of the warlord fighting other titans and so like I keep k- k- <laughs> do what good Your what original
2: was idea was you wanted to build a titan mantiple just to fight warlords that wasn't a warlord Yeah
1: exactly idea. that would get its ass raped by a warlord every time. Like, it's like a, like a for, for the points that you spend, like, and, and really in, I don't know, I was trying to keep away from the whole, like, just stunlocking it, because, like, stun locking seems like the answer, but, like, it really, like, the the poor player that's, like, playing this warlord.
2: Yeah, the poor war- guy that brought a warlord. <laughs> Fuck him. Yeah.
1: So, like, you're still locking it, which, you know, until like I hope the day never comes where they take the stun lock rule away because really that's the only defense against a warlord if you didn't build an army tailored to kill a warlord. But anyway, so I was trying to build this army not around stun locking him and just like have like what I would consider this heroic army of <laughs> I guess I don't.
2: I don't know how to of put it. Idiots. It's a heroic army of idiots because they didn't bring anything to stun lock it. But anyway, go ahead.
1: So yeah. So like we basically every scenario that I run through the Kimmel head, like it's <laughs> it, it, it it's like. It, it, I don't know. I feel like you're like C three PO, like where you just like do the math. You're like, there's a ninety six point four percent chance of failure, and I'm just like, all right, cool. What if I do nine Imperial Knights? There's a ninety four point eight percent of <laughs> failure. Like I can't, I can't send a scenario through the Kimmel head without like having some sort of like
2: bad it, bad outcome. And like. And like <laughs> And what's funny, <laughs> the whole funny thing, I wish we you hadn't erased the conversation because you start out so optimistic and you're like, well, I can do this. And I'm like, no, it has this rule.
1: And you're like, oh, really? And you go look it up and you're like, well, fuck that, you, you're right. I'm like, yeah, that would work. Like, just do the math. Like, it, it's just like straight up, well, I could take nine Imperial Knights. Okay, well, he's going to shoot you the entire way. Only three are actually going to make it there. And then you're only hitting them on fives or sixes. Nuh uh, they're super heavies. Well, that's why they hit it on fives. Like, it's like shit. Then he punches. It's like,
2: then not. Then it's like well, you. Well, you can only. Uh, you can't shoot me because uh, you. It has the Carapace weapons can only shoot within twenty four inches. Like, nah, that's anything that's not a super heavy, it can't shoot within twenty four inches. So it can just straight shoot you, like, no problem. <laughs> on top of that, it's D strength in close combat, and even though it's only weapon skill two, because you're four. It's, you're not double plus one, so it still hits you half the time with Strength D when it's punching back while getting to shoot you. You can't lock it in combat; it just moves away. So while you're like ineffectively like, <laughs> like flailing at it with your like little bullshit weapons, it's just like shooting your face off and you know punching. That was like my saving
1: else. my like saving grace with like the night list I proposed. I was like, oh well, once it's in combat, you're just gonna beat the shit up. It's Strength D. Well, all right. Well, I don't really have, a... and it, and its carapace weapons can still hit you because you're super heavy. So anyway, I, like I don't know. There's just there's no friggin' answer to this. Like there's no. Well,
2: the we talked about it. The one brave way, if you wanted to be brave, you just take <laughs> as many cataphractic terminators as you can, and give them all chain fists. It's the cheapest way to get multiple armor bane attacks. Now you only hit on sixes because you're little tiny men, but you're getting to roll for basically, you know, because you, you're not in combat um, with it, it means you're always going to be charging. You get what I mean? Like whenever you're oh, yeah. fighting it in close yeah. combat, it's because you've charged it more than likely. So you're going to be three attacks per guy. So you factor, you need two cataphractes, which is roughly with chain fist, which is roughly 70 points. So however many times 70 can go into however many points of, Warlord cost, plus whatever HQ you need, you can run that many Terminators and just try to like swarm it with Chain Fist attacks and just try to tear it down. So the scenario we came up with on our head was... A bunch of terminators with chain fists, and they like stick it in the leg, and they're just like running circles around the leg, just, like in a just line, just
1: may may pulling around a, a warlord
2: leg. Yeah, just leg. like sl- slowly, like how they do, like how they cut the groove in like rubber trees. You ever seen that? They get yeah. the thing. Oh, yeah. Out of rubber j- so they're like running around the leg with chain fists, just trying to get the ankle to snap. So it goes kick, and then just falls over on its face. all <laughs> <laughs> while while they're getting stomped on. And it, and all that stuff. But if you do, if you went with that scenario, because Cataphracta are cheap, but they still have a four up involve, you know, even when you get hit with Strength D, unless they roll a six, you're still save you know, half the time because it's vulnerable save. So, and then, like you said, you're taking the Carapace weapons out of the equation because you're going to be close. So all you have to do is deal with whatever weapons are on the arms plus stomps. But I mean, I, I didn't like crunch numbers on that or whatever. It was just kind of funny. Like, it's just such a weird game. Like, I mean, like, I, st- I don't really even care about that. It's like, okay, cool, I have 60 Terminators <laughs> versus this <World> war. <laughs> like, okay, like, I guess. Sure, man. <laughs> like, I don't know. I just, that doesn't intrigue me, I guess. It's kind of funny to talk about,
1: but... Just throw sway, like, just, compl- just so many Terminators at it at one time. And, like, in my head, I like the idea. Like, I like the idea of a, like, Terminator force that's, like, gets called upon like once in a blue moon. It's like, hey, there's a fucking Titan. And it's like, okay, well, you know, I signed up for SWAT a long time ago. I guess they're finally pulling that card. I guess I got to deal with this thing. They told me when they issued me my power fist or my chain fist that there might be a day where they might need me to take out something crazy. and That's that day. But I
2: just look at the logistics of the game too. Like, okay, so say you want to play a fully painted army that actually looks cool are you really going to go out and buy like 80 or 90 cataphracts and paint them up and all that just to have the one 30 minute game of you fighting a warlord? Does anyone care that much?
1: I don't care. I that do. Much. I do. I was going to, go. I was going to buy a warhound, two warhounds and a reaver just to fight a warlord. Yeah. There's a, well, there's t- two, two warlords in my I area. Can t-
2: I can tell you how it'll work out. You don't have to go <laughs> through all that
1: trouble. 94.8% chance of <laughs> failure. <laughs> I get it. 30 hole points. I get it. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so, so that's basically so anyway, how...
2: anyway, <laughs> congratulations, you made me talk about this silly shit again.
1: <laughs> your, your Stupid-ass scenario with your nine nights. I was really optimistic about the nine nights until all the rules started getting read out. Like, I feel like... I would have made that army. I would have, like, brought that army to a table, and I would be like, you're going to get your ass kicked, Warlord. And then, I, like, halfway through, I'd be, like, and reading Michael the rules. And then
2: Michael got cocky. He was like, go ahead, Kibble. Go ahead. Just buy you a Warlord. <laughs> 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 like, not, like, you're not dragging me into it. Like, I don't want a Warlord. The whole conversation was about how I think this is silly, and you're the one that keeps dragging it back. It's just funny. <laughs> I'll fight
1: you with my nine lights. And it's like <laughs>
2: okay, you'll see. And I'm like, no,
1: you won't see because I don't plan to buy a warlord. <laughs> uh, stupid warlords. Why are you so good? I guess when you sell something that expensive, you gotta make sure it <laughs> has rules, can only, yeah. Can only be beat by something I like as I said, expensive. I don't
2: I'm not against the model, like I'm a Okay, so true feelings here. Real talk. I kind of don't Listen like... Up, I mean, I get it because, you know, they made it. And look how many they've sold. So there are plenty of people that out there that want them. I personally don't care. Like, I don't think it actually adds anything to the game itself. Because like I talked about, I don't see any scenario where, you, where someone runs a warlord and it's fun. Like, unless you're just totally fucking drunk, I guess. And you're in Age of Sigmar ro- mode where... You know, you just, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Like, I just can't get down with Apocalypse and any of that shit. I just think it's silly. I don't see the point in it. Like, we could be grown men and just play with G.I. Joes and get drunk and have fun. If that's like, I I just don't, I literally can't wrap my brain around how that's enjoyable, you know, more than anything else with just getting drunk and doing something stupid is enjoyable, you know, but I don't have to buy a like $2,500 Warlord to get drunk and do something stupid with my friends, I guess is what I'm saying. So, I don't understand it. I, I get, like, buying it just because it's a cool model. You want to paint it up or whatever. So, you know, there's a lot of people that have done that. I, I've see you know, you see them at all these cons and whatever. So, I get that. But it, it is sort of irritating to me that we're sitting here, like, how long has Rogal Dorn had rules? How long has, like, Tyrant Siege Terminators have rules? Like, we don't have models for that. But they have time to sculpt some bullshit model that, you know, is really just, like... I mean, it's, it's part, I don't know. Like to me, it's just a lot of like, we'll make this, like this is how much profit we can make. This many people will buy it type of thing. Like it doesn't, if you just break it down to what's it mean to the actual game of 30 K, it could do without it, I guess. That's what I'm saying. Like it doesn't, it doesn't add to the experience of being a 30 K player. I don't think, I mean, I could buy, I mean, there's other companies that make like, you can buy like a giant, model of the mississippi like a real life battleship or whatever that's like six foot long and building and paint like if you want to just you know paint a gigantic fucking model type of thing <laughs> you know what i mean like i don't know that and that's just me like i'm sure like there's people at home coming out of their seats yelling at the computer screen of me talking shit about titans and warlords because people love them and i get it like i like the idea of it i like the fluff of it but when you really break it down to me they don't make the game enjoyable at all like I've never had a game where somebody's brought something like that, and I'm like, "Wow, that was a fun game." It's never
1: went <laughs> that way. So, That's what I'm saying, dude, Nine nights versus a Warlord. I don't think it was fun just, for me, but <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I just look, like look at
2: all the money. I mean, Games Workshop loves that shit. Somebody had to go buy Nine nights and a Warlord. You know what I mean? To figure <laughs> out, to figure out what I could figure out, it, you know, on p- on a piece of paper with a calculator in five minutes. Like, okay, cool. Um. So, I don't know, I just... It's not for me. I mean, I would have rather... Instead of, like, big, crazy models like that, I would be way far happier with, like, you know, getting shit that I'll use every game. You know what I mean? Like, get those Tyrant Siege Terminators out. Get Thousand Suns out. Like, that enhances the experience, pushes the game forward, you know, gives people opportunity to, like, have units and buy things that actually, like I said, in a meaningful way, mean something to 30k. Where, I mean how long has the warlord been out? And I've seen however many of them. I've never seen one in an actual game. I haven't. I mean, I know that you guys had the event where you had Janus on the one table and people were, you know, trying to kill it or whatever, I guess. There's warlord but, on
1: warlord, bro. There's two warlords oh, okay. on that
2: table. There you go. But I mean, once again, okay. Like do you, you don't even need the models to have that game. Like we talked about <laughs> it. Like the, the guns shoot all the way across the table. There's no terrain that hides anything. So it's not tactical in any sense. You're literally just like Civil War style. One guy standing on one end, one guy's on the other end, and you roll dice. And it's whoever rolls the better dice or whoever goes first or however you want to, like, who really cares? I don't know. I just can't. I don't care. I just, Yes, I just don't care. That's all I'm trying to say.
1: We'll get you to care. We're going to get you. We're going to get you. (laughs) My bayou warlord is gonna show up at your door. You're gonna win the Freddy Freddy I I Warlord.
2: I, I gave money to that charity, so I I probably will be. I talk all this shit on it and I'll be the one to win it. I don't even know what
1: I'll and do. You're gonna be it. like a little schoolgirl. Ah! Nah. <laughs> Take it to every event. He's gonna be wearing sunglasses. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, funny. So yeah, that was the that was like a piece of the warlord conversation that we continue to have, <laughs> that we will continue to have, and I will continue to keep bringing scenarios uh, of what I feel look. are valid, uh, va- like valiant efforts to kill a warlord, like a, a, that aren't cataphractic terminators. Cause although that does sound cool, there will be other methods. So we'll find out, but speaking of warlords and speaking of, you know, giant things, Let's, uh. Oh wait, no. We got we got someone else to go with you. I was gonna jump into that Leviathan help, but I feel like you've you still got your your game. You got to talk about. Yeah. Talk about, about this. Let's talk
2: about this game. So, my buddy Scott Switzer. He lives in Louisville. Uh, I live in just south of Indianapolis. So it's about a two-hour drive for him. But he still manages to make it up here to almost every one of our game nights, which is every other uh, weekend. He loves coming up, and we like him coming up. So, usually, because it's such a long drive, I mean, he's always always going to get a game in, but he just wants to make sure it's a little structured. He did not want to drive all this way and then have everybody in a game and not be able to get a game in. So, he usually tries to set something up before he comes up. So, he hit me up on Facebook and said, hey, man, um, you, do you want to play against me on Saturday? I was like, yeah, that's fine. I said, because he's got more than one army. I said, are you going to bring loyalists or traitors? He said, well, I'll probably bring my Iron Warriors. I said, all right. I said, I've not played my Salamanders in a while, so I'll play them. And he goes, cool. I go, how many points do you want to play? He's like, 2,500. I'm like, fine, I'll have a list ready. So that's all we knew going in was uh, that I was going to play Salamanders, he was going to play Iron Warriors, we're going to play 2,500 points, and we're just going to roll random missions and stuff out of the book. So we end up rolling Dominion mission, which is the one where you place, uh, it's either D3 plus an amount or a set amount, but we ended up with five objectives. I can't remember if it's random or whatever, but there's five objectives that we played with. You put them down, and then at the beginning of your turn, if you control the objective, you score a point, and it's it's cumulative. So it's a pretty cool mission. Um, So we had that mission, and we had hammer and anvil deployment. So Scott built this iron warrior list that is really super brutal and really takes advantage of the rules. And so he's been playing up here for a while and in our meta, we have a lot of uh, deep striking stuff. A lot of the guys uh, play drop pod armies and all that. And he's been running like you're kind of your standard iron warrior shit with all these artillery tanks and quad mortars and all that. And it's, he's still been doing well with it, but he's finding that a lot of guys like can just deep strike in with stand around the shooting and then assault all that stuff and whatever. So he had decided to put an end to it. So
0: <laughs> saying, no more. <laughs> no more.
2: So his list. So he has Pedorabo in there and he, he bought the hammer for him. So as for his compulsory HQ, he had one of those uh, siege master siege breaker guys, uh, the console that uh, he had him and cataphracty armor. armor. Um, and then for, he took a uh, pride of the Legion with uh, a so for his troops, he had can't remember, one, two, he had for his troops, he had three 10-man um, veteran squads with marksmen. So they have outflank and sniper. And then he bought an apothecary, and then he so that was his troops. Then for elites, he had um, an apothecary detachment that was three apothecaries that all had augury scanners. And he uh, put each of those apothecaries with the veteran squads. Then for his other two HQ slots, he bought masters of the signal, which automatically come with augury scanners, you know, and all that other stuff. So he had those guys Then he bought two quad mortar batteries, each with two quad mortars in it. So a total of four, but in two separate batteries and he upgraded them with shatter and Phosphex, and he put the masters of signals with those. So now those have augury scanners because of the master of the signal. Oh man. Perfect. (laughs) <laughs> then he bought um, five Tyrant Terminators and attached the Siege Master and Petarabo to them. So Petarabo has a Cognosignum, so that's an Augury Scanner. Um, And I think that was his army. So he's got these three vet squads running around with Augury Scanners and Feel No Pain. Then he's got two quad mortar batteries with Augury Scanners so they can intercept. Then he's got Petarabo with these Tyrant Siege guys with uh intercept oh and then he had two medusas that was the last thing he had two medusas so of course my salamanders the i literally don't own any other models other than to play drop pods and i don't know what he's bringing i have no clue so (laughs) he he didn't know what i was bringing either so it's not like he met it against me or whatever that was his list So we go to play. He doesn't doesn't
1: like to. He doesn't like two things. I don't like getting snuck up on, and I don't (laughs) like getting drop potted on.
2: (laughs) So I'm looking at this fucking list and I'm thinking, holy geez, like everything in this list intercepts and hits hard other than the Medusa's. I'm like, holy fuck. So uh, my list is uh, my HQ is a chaplain, Um, he's got a boarding shield. And a Power Mall and Artificer Armor and Melt Bombs, I think. And then I had a Primus Medicaid with Artificer Armor and Melt Bombs. I don't think he had it. It may be a Power Sword or something. I don't remember. I think he had a Power
1: Sword. Um, power power so, Mall is so out of character for you, by the way. Just, just letting you, just heads up. Like, Power Mall, that's so out of character for you.
2: Yeah. Um, what it is, is I built one of those Xyphus Jur models, and he's got a Power Mall. And I was just using this guy and he just had him armed with what he was armed with. Same thing okay. with the primus Medicaid model. It just comes with a power sword. I glued it on there. So I just gave him a power sword. I mean, I don't, I don't always min max man. I'm just saying, no,
1: I'm just, just saying. saying,
2: I mean, I do definitely prefer power axes. power axes are the way to go, but this guy had a power mall. I ran it as a power mall and guess what it did the entire game. Nothing. That's why you don't take <laughs> power. Malls. But anyway, um, so don't try this just don't try this at home, folks. <laughs> but I had a power mall on there.
1: Uh, <laughs> do as I say, not as I do, boys.
2: <laughs> yeah, so I had a power mall. Um so for let's see. So those are my two HQ. So for troops, I had two ten main tactical squads and drop pods. Um I think I just gave the sergeants uh, artificer armor and melt bombs. Then um I had for elites, oh, I, I took a tactical support squad. I think it was just uh, five dudes with melted guns, um, and the sergeant had an art, had artificer armor. And then for elites, I had a big squad of fire drakes. It was either eight or nine guys. I don't remember. But they all had uh, the dragon scale storm shields and chain fist on every dude. Um, you don't need chain fists on every guy. It's just... I. Um, I wanted them to all have chain fist or power fist, and power fist look dumb with the shield. Like if you, if you imagine standing and holding a shield out in front of you, like you're protecting yourself. Yep. you I'll know, imagine just having a fist and trying to fight somebody. Like you couldn't reach anyone or do it. Like it's stupid. Ugh. So Ugh. hold
1: it back. I, hold up, Are you like trying. I to-
2: modeled. I modeled my chain fist to actually be eviscerators, which eviscerators have the same rules as chain fist, other than they're two handed normally. But terminators only get
1: you know the one attack. Or they don't get the bonus attack anyway. So I modeled oh, all my chain fuck. fists. With these. Okay, hold on. One second. One second. So in my head, I'm thinking, like, how would you model that to look effective? And I was thinking about these, like, these shields they're making that have the guns on them. Like, Matt's, Matt Switzer over at uh, Pop Goes the Monkey, yeah, he modeled these new shields that have the guns already on them. Like, so it looks like they can shoot with the shield. And I was thinking, it was like, how would you model a power fist? And, like, all those things, like a shield with, like, a power fist, like, s- spring-acted power fist.
0: Yeah. He's got, like, like,
1: a trigger, and it's, like, the
2: boxing glove, like, from the, Yeah, exactly. The shoots out, yeah.
1: Okay, I'm sorry. That's what I imagined. <laughs> so, anyway, That's I modeled you model my that.
2: guys to have, like, these giant... Uh, it's the it's the, uh, it's the the uh, heavy chainsword model from, like, the Mark III uh, power weapon kit. Right. But I just I cut the hands out and made them one-handed where they just look like an eviscerator. So all my guys have, like, these big eviscerators and shields that look pretty cool. So because they're modeled that way, I run them that way. And I didn't want to run Power Fist, so I spend, like, 40 extra points or whatever ridiculous points it is just to give them all Chain Fist, even though it's not needed. So I had those guys. Um, So the tactical squads are in drop pods, uh, obviously, so is tactical support. The the two characters went with the... uh, fire drakes and they're all in a charybdis i took vulcan and vulcan went with the melt gun guys uh in the drop pod and then i had a fire raptor with uh hell strikes and i think that was 2500 so it's the five drop pods the five oh no i'm missing oh i had a 10 a man squad of attacks support squad of dudes with flamers um, and they were in a drop pod as well. So that was 2,500. So I had the five normal drop pods with guys and then the charybdis and then a, uh, uh, fire raptor. So anyway, so we roll up the missions and all that. So I got the role to go first. And, uh, so I made Scott, um, go first. Cause I didn't want to basically, like I said, it's kind of like when we were joking about the warlord scenario, it, it makes him... Well, for one, because he's got Petarabo in his army and all those vets outflanking all that, he, if I would have went first, he could have been a dick and just put his whole army in reserve. And then I drop pod in nowhere, and then he just all comes in turn one from outflanking all that. So I didn't want that to happen. Plus, I wanted to try to shorten the game and make him get less rounds of shooting since my army is more close combat. Right. So I made him go first. Because I won the roll off, thank goodness. Um, so... He, sets every, he starts everything on the board. I think he put one veteran squad in reserve. Um, so on his turn one, he essentially just moves his uh, two. He's got his quad mortar set up, and then his Medusas are in the very back. This is hammer and anvil, like kind of in the center of the board in the very back. He's got Petarabo kind of in front of the Medusas, kind of trying to screen him. And then on each side flanking that, he's got a quad mortar battery with a vet squad surrounding them to try to keep me from, like, landing and then assaulting, where I'd have to assault the vets instead. So he, he placed uh, two of the onslaught objectives, like, basically, because you can't put them in your deployment zone, but you can put them just out. So he basically put them just, like, one inch out of his deployment zone. So he essentially, turn one, can just move up on the objectives with the vets, which is what he did. So he, he moves two, two vet squads up on the objectives. So then on my turn one, I chose to bring in the flamers, the guys, the guys in the drop pod with just nothing but flamers, the big fire drake squad with the two characters in the charybdis, and the melt a gun squad with Vulcan. So I'm thinking, so these fucking uh, quad mortars have phosphex. I'm like, well, I don't want to get shot with phosphex. So <laughs> um, who does? I was like, well, we'll just drop in where I'm within. I'll I'll stay out of range because he's got them on different flanks. So I'm like, well, I'll pick a flank and just put all my shit on that flank. So I cut the intercept out from the other flank. So that was step one. So that worked. Step two was, okay, well, I'll just drop in within minimum range of this phosphex because it's got an 18-inch minimum range, right? So my plan was I'll just drop in within that. So then he'll have to shoot shatter shells or something like that at me. That was the plan. So I was like, I'll just drop in here. I'll put Vulcan where he's the closest guy. So when he shoots these shatter shells at me, he can tank because he's got a two up save and all this. So it won't matter. And so I put Pet, like I put Vulcan kind of on the corner of the unit. So if you'd imagine like a, so Petarabo is shooting from one side with the, the tyrants and cause he's got intercept as well. And, The quad mortar is coming from another angle. So I put Vulcan like right on the corner where he can tank both units. And then the melted gun guys are kind (laughs) of hiding behind him. And I dropped in to shoot the Medusas with all these melted guns and get rid of them. Because my plan was, well, come in, he'll shoot all this intercept at me. So that means he can't shoot the next turn. And the only thing that can't intercept is a Medusa. So I definitely want to get rid of those. And then because he's intercepted, none of his other stuff can shoot. So this should work out. Then we got to reading the barrage. He starts getting his templates out, and I'm like, no, I'm within minimum range. And he's like, oh, no, dude. Minimum range only matters if I can't draw line of sight. If I could draw a line right. of sight, I could just direct fire. Right. So then we get to reading, because I'm thinking, well, if he's direct firing, like, wouldn't that be, like, because you're direct firing, you're not shooting barrage anymore, so it would still go on the closest model, which is Vulcan. I'm still thinking I can tank. Well, we go to reading, and it doesn't say anything about that. So... <laughs> It still acts like, so even though you're quote-unquote direct firing, there's nothing that says you don't still use the standard barrage rules. Right. So he intercepts with the phosphex, shoots over Vulcan's head, just murders that whole melting gun squad. <laughs> I think the sergeant the sergeant lived because he has artificer armor, so kills that whole unit with the phosphex. So then he just shoots all the missile launchers from Petarabo and that unit into my Charybdis. He decides to intercept that, so he shoots that. Um, does some damage to it. Doesn't kill it. Um, so the only other squad I have on the table is the flamer squad. So this is, we, we fucked. I didn't, Scott, Scott did this and I didn't call it. Like I didn't realize, like it, it was what it was. So, he, because Pederbo's bombardment doesn't really count as a shooting attack I mean it is a shooting attack but it you can in shoot it in di- st-
1: instead of shooting a weapon you can do this it's like what it is right and,
2: and you, it doesn't have to target the same target as another unit it specifically states that so he drops his d3 bombardment through Pederbo onto my flamer guys right
1: so oh, as an, thing- as an intercept like yes oh yeah. shit okay.
2: So because uh, it's a different unit. So what happened was my drop pod comes in. My guys get out and I'm standing right on the tippy toes of this vet squad because I knew I was like, I want to stand as close to his models as possible. So when he shoots me with all this fucking phosphorus and garage, shit, at man. least at least some of it will scatter on his guys. So, oh, OK, well, let me finish. I got to go back in time just real quick because I this is. Was <laughs> it? Yeah. So when my Charybdis came in. I landed it, so like, where Vulcan and those other guys came in, I landed the Cryptus on basically the other side of Petarabo and the other side of the Quad Mortar, because it's like kind of a corner. Mm-hmm. So like, if you imagine Petarabo is uh, if you imagine there's Petarabo with some high, with some siege tyrants, and then you drew like basically a right angle, like the bottom of a triangle or whatever, like a right, you know, I don't know how to explain it. But anyway, it basically makes a right angle. those two units, like Vulcan's on the outside of that angle, like the uh, a greater than less than sign. There you go. I so Vulcan, yeah. Vulcan is at the point. the 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 greater than less than sign is pointing at Vulcan. The Charybdis dropped on the inside of the greater than less than, in the mouth of it. Right. So when the Crib when the Charybdis lands, the flame. I rolled maximum for the size of that it it hits. I rolled a five, which means it hits six inches within it, which it's a big ass model. So it hits both of his uh, Medusas. Hits all of the Siege Tyrants, Petarabo, almost all the veterans and all the quad mortars. So I stun, I stun one of the Medusas. So only one's going to be shooting. And it was the one furthest away from my Melted team. So I was like, yes, I'm excited about that. Scott failed one of the two ups on the uh, Tyrant Siege guys. So that's a 55 point Terminator. Boom, dead right there. Out the window. His veteran squad which I was kind of worried about intercepting Vulcan because they're poison with rending and all that, his apothecary was near the back of the unit. So when that pod landed, there was one guy between the pod and the apothecary. So that guy fails his armor save, fails his feel no pain right off the bat. He dies. So Scott goes to look out, sir. Fails to look out, sir. Scott goes to roll the armor save on the apothecary. Fails the armor save. Scott goes to no. roll the feel no pain on the apothecary. Feels, fails to feel no pain. So then... So he lost his intercept on that unit because you you know, it happens the at the end ground. scanner's so gone. Yeah. The yeah. Augury Scanner's gone. So the Vets can't intercept. Plus, he ended up failing three more armor saves after that. So I kill half the vet squad and the apothecary and a tyrant siege terminator and stun a Medusa just from the Charybdis landing. <laughs> what a badass Charybdis. It was awesome. So anyway, so now get, now fast forward back to what we're talking about. So my this that unit that the crib just like killed the back half of because it landed in the back. My flamer guys got out of the drop pod on the front of the unit, and I literally tried to stand as close as I could. So if he dropped, you know, because I was thinking, well, if these phosphex. If he decides to intercept here instead of Vulcan, because I thought I was in minimum range, so I thought, well, Scott's gonna see that he can't shoot this phosphex, which he ended up being able to. But my original plan was he's gonna try to shoot it at these, you know flamer guys or you know what i mean like i was just trying to like cover all eventualities or whatever so i stood as close as i could well scott was like in true iron warrior fashion said bucket so he put pedrabo's d3 bombardment right on these flamer guys that are standing on the tippy toes (laughs) of his own models so he ends up getting three because it's a d3 so he gets three full bombardments and then through all the flipping or whatever he ends up murdering my entire flamer unit And almost all of his veterans. So he's got like two or three veterans left between the Charybdis and Petarabo blowing up his own guys.
1: What a fucking Iron Warrior choice. (laughs) So.
0: so I should have been standing so close.
2: So so if you think about this, I came in with three drop. I had the Charybdis and two other drop pods. So the one drop pod lands, Flamer guys get out. They just die. The one drop pod comes in, Vulcan and the Melted guys get out. All of the Melted gun guys die except the sergeant then the Charybdis is down to two hole points just from intercept. So later on, I do want to point this out. I don't know why I forgot this during the game. Petarabo's Bombardment is Ordnance. An Augury Scanner only allows you to intercept with Heavy and Rapid Fire. Yeah. So what Scott did isn't technically legal. But like I said, neither one of us caught it during the game. So I just wanted to bring that up, not to like... Defame Scott or call him the cheat. Like he wasn't, like neither one of us caught it. You know, it's one of those things don't. everybody's here drinking beers. It's a casual game. We fucking didn't remember it happened, whatever. Nobody's mad. No, no
1: feelings were hurt. So don't use this as a tactic.
0: Don't I'm just saying this yes, does not work. That's
2: all I'm putting it out there. Is this does not work, so don't count on that because it does not work. So anyway. So I'm like, well, fuck. So I was like, well, I'll shoot. I just need to stun this other Medusa, so at least it's not shooting at me. So I'm like, I got one meltagun gun left. Plus Vulcan can shoot his beam at it. It's strength six AP two, and I'm gonna get both tanks, and they're a squadron because the beam goes through both. So I got three chances to stun this fucking thing, and it's shooting at side armor. I'm like no problem. Roll to hit with the meltagun. gun. Roll a one. Vulcan's beam goes through it. Roll two dice. All I need's a uh, I need a four to glance, uh, five to pin. I think I rolled one. I think I rolled a three and a two. Didn't do shit. So I'm like, awesome. So I get it. This thing's going to get to shoot me in the face. (laughs) So luckily on Scott's turn, because almost everything had fired, you know, I don't have to look at that much overwatch. So he decided to shoot shatter shells from the other battery that hadn't fired because they didn't fire their overwatch because they're on the other side of the board. He uh, shot shatter shells from that thing. Um, Or maybe they did fire. Yeah, I think they fired also into the crib just through intercept, so they weren't shooting either. So his veterans on that side, you know, there was nothing for them to shoot at, so they just kind of milled around. His third veteran squad that was in reserve came in, and it came in on the total opposite end of the table to come onto reserve or, or onto an objective. So now he's holding three of the five objectives. I'm not on any because my Flamer <laughs> guys that came out to contest got blown up. The uh, Then I was like, had to drop the melt guys to kill threats. So they weren't even near an objective. They died anyway. It wouldn't have mattered. So he's holding three. I have none and he's accumulating points. So I'm like, this is a shit show. Like I'm, you know, <laughs> this is bad. So he, uh, he shoots, shoots some stuff at the Charybdis again, I think, or maybe he, I can't remember, but he doesn't kill it. Um, the one veteran squad that severely depleted from the Charybdis and Pederabo blowing it up moves it because it died back from the bombardment. It wasn't on the objective anymore. So he had to move it back forward to be on the objective. Um, And that was pretty much. Oh, and then he shot all of Petarabo's unit uh, into Vulcan and the one tactical guy that was left over. So Vulcan basically just tanked all the shooting because it's only AP three. So he didn't do anything to him in shooting and then assaulted in. So obviously we end up in a challenge. So Vulcan fights Peterabo and then the four tyrants or and the siege guy fight the the pissant sergeant guy or whatever. So the sergeant guy gets swatted and Pederabo does I think he did he did four wounds to Vulcan. And then I have to make three up in saves. So I'm like, okay, no problem. I pick up four dice, roll the four dice, fail all four. Takes four Fuck. wounds right off the bat. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm like, this game, this game can end anytime it wants to end. I'm like, this is, a, I'm in trouble. So Vulcan's down to two wounds. The sergeant dead. So now Vulcan's surrounded by these guys that are just going to pummel him the next round of close combat. Just
1: beat the shit out of him.
2: <laughs> so on my second turn, the Fire Raptor came in, and the two veterans or the two t- normal tactical squads that were in drop pods come in. So I'm like, well, fuck dropping... Like, he's still got both these Fosfex quad mortar units up and running. I'm like, fuck, you know, I'm not dropping anywhere near these guys. So I decide, well, I'll drop on this objective that's, like, far back away, that's out of intercept range, you know, so I can at least start scoring some objective points. So I drop, you know, back on this back objective, and I'm just basically standing around with my thumb in my ass just trying to score points on this objective with those guys. (laughs) So the Fire Raptor comes in. I'm like, okay, I'm going to show these Medusas Vul- now.
1: I like how, like, Vol- like you can imagine the radio call. Vulcan's like, don't! Come over here! <laughs> yeah. Stay far, far away!
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this Fire Raptor comes in. I'm like, yeah, I got to use these new Hell strikes. You know, I'm all pumped to use these new Hell strikes, right? And I'm like, he's got the perfect target. He's got these fucking shitty Medusas. You know, they're only armor 12... You know, on the front, I got these strength eight. They're AP two now. Like I'm just gonna just, and they're in a squadron. You know, and I'm gonna shoot all this shit. It's gonna be perfect. So I fly in with that Fire Raptor, line it up on the uh, the Medusa battery. So the just moves up, um, deploys the giant Fire Drake squad and the uh, chaplain and all that out, and I set them up so I can multi assault the the quad mortar that uh, that intercepted uh, Vulcan's unit and jump in back into the combat with Vulcan and Petaravo so that they can't just pummel him because they have more models to fight now so they can't fight. You know what I mean? Right. It keeps the, the tyrants guys from punching into the challenge. Right. So I'm, I'm like, saving Vulcan while also trying to, you know, murder his units with this big fire drake unit. So that was the one, like, fucking bright spot I still had. So then, so the Carybdis, uh they get out. Whatever, and then the cribdus moves, you know, flat out after they get out just to get the fuck out of the way. Um so I shoot the fire raptor into the um Medusa batteries. I'm like, here we go, hitting on twos, roll my four dice. I'm just gonna unload this thing, totally alpha strike it. Shoot all four hell strikes, roll four dice, roll four fucking ones. Four oh ones. my
1: gosh.
2: So these Medusa batteries we were laughing at these fucking Medusas because so Vulcan shoots his so- I shoot the smell to gun at him from, like, point-fucking-blank range. Miss, roll one. So then Vulcan shoots the beam at him. So these loaders on the back, imagine these loaders, all this shit going on around him. Like, all these pods are coming in. All these dudes are dying. These guys are in the back of, like, back of the battlefield. Like, all this shit keeps landing around and pointing this, like, extremely scary shit at him. And they're, like, bracing for impact, like, squinting their eyes. <laughs> and it, like, just goes over their head, like, oh, cool. No problem. So this fucking fire-raptor after they've went through the a gun missing and Vulcan comes flying in shoots these four hell strikes. So we imagine the hell strikes go swooping in and they're like right about to strike, those fucking, you know, the front of these tanks. And right before they get there, they just like make that silly firework noise and go and like spiral, <laughs> like this fucking, like wherever <laughs> it's four ones totally miss. I was like, Oh my God. So Scott was like, Oh man, I feel really bad. And I'm like, ah, fuck it, man. It's, you know, whatever it's shit happens. That's why you roll dice. So Scott's brother's laughing. He's come over to watch the battle. Nobody can believe that I've rolled these four ones. So I'm like, this is not looking good. So, my, you know, I. So I charge the fire drakes in. I obviously murder the uh the quad mortar, and I kill most of the siege tyrants. I think he's down to like two siege tyrants in the siege breaker. And then Padarabo's obviously still alive and they're fighting Vulcan. So Vulcan. Um I think. Scott didn't do any wounds to him this round, and then Vulcan got a wound back, so he's at three wounds now. So I was, but Petrov still hadn't taken any wounds. I keep hitting him, and Scott keeps making three up, so he's not taking any wounds. So, um, so anyway, that was a pretty like ineffective turn, you know, for me. Oh, I shot the big chain gun at because they were it was lined up on the tanks too, trying to fish for sixes. Yeah, don't don't get any. So I didn't. I, do I was shit. gonna ask.
1: I was gonna like.
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: and then so the, then the auto cannon batteries. He had two vets left from that one squad that had run up to get on the objective. So I shot the other auto cannon battery at those guys. He made all his saves. Didn't do shit. I shot the other auto cannon battery at the other vet squad across the table. Didn't do shit. So at this point, the fire actor's done nothing. So I'm like, okay, awesome. So then, on Scott's third turn. Um. He's got his one quad mortar battery left, so he shoots that at one of the tactical squads that's trying to hide on the objective. So I'm in area terrain, so I go to ground in area, so I at least get a three-up cover from it. But he still murders half the squad from the one quad mortar battery. Fosfex on fucking quad mortars. Whoever wrote that at fucking Forge World to go fuck yourself. I
1: literally like. We, we need, need to, to like, sell more. What more? More quad mortars. Yeah, like, oh, these things
2: weren't already the most overpowered thing in the game? Let's just give them phosphex. Like, what? Really? <laughs> come on, man. So anyway... We just don't have
1: enough siege engines for Space Marines. Oh, my God.
2: <laughs> so this shit's brutal. I'm telling you, it's absolutely brutal. So lose half a tactical squad, plus my guys are essentially pinned, you know, because I went to ground. So the squad that was... In front, I actually was starting to score points because, you know, I had two guys on the objective. So he shot the back squad, the one that was further back. So the front squad, I moved them as far forward as I could, trying to get closer to other objectives while also trailing guys back to stay on the one that they were on, which which plays a key part going forward. Okay. So Scott kills half that squad. Um, We're still basically tied up in combat. Almost everything else is out of range because we're like his one vet squad that came in on the other back end of the table just still just scoring points for him. His other vet squad is still just surrounding the quad mortar, and they're also scoring points on an objective that they're sitting on. So we're all basically just sitting on objectives while there's this one big close combat's going on and the fire raptors flying around. (laughs) Um so and 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 I'm he's just basically just shooting quad mortars at my, like, one one or two scoring units that I have left, just trying to kill them before I score enough points. That's how the game's basically playing out. So, during his turn, we, we have to fight the ongoing combat, so I kill a couple more Siege Breakers, but not all of them, or a couple more of the Tyrant Siege guys. He does some more wounds to... Vulcan gets Vulcan down to, I think, two wounds. Um, But the combat is still ongoing. So on my turn... um, Or wait, let's see. No, it was during this turn. So during this turn, uh, Petarabo dies, because it was during his turn. Yeah. So on his turn three, that combat ends. I finally end up killing everybody. So he got Vulcan down to one wound and i still had to make i had one more involved save left to make so i dug six dice out of my bag that were all different colors and told him to pick the one that he wanted me to roll and all that make made it this big dramatic thing so i rolled it made the save so i was good so he didn't kill vulcan which was key and pederabo and all the tyrant guys died so from my consolidate i rolled six inches um for the the fire drakes and then i rolled i forget like five or something for vulcan so I consolidated the Fire Drakes back towards the two veterans that are standing on this objective, um, and then I consolidated Vulcan towards the two Medusas, knowing that I get to go next. So during my actual turn, I split the Apothecary off and joined the Apothecary to Vulcan, so it's to give Vulcan like two more like ablative wounds and give him feel no pain because he's down to one wound. Oh, and then the then the Fire Drakes move over and murder the tactical guys. So Vulcan charges into these Medusas, and their luck finally runs out. So after all this shit, like they're having a good old time loading shells into the breach of this gun. Oh, also, I forgot. So the Medusas on Scott's turn three killed the Charybdis finally, killed killed a drop pod, whatever. That was the other thing that he shot, because it was the only thing in range. So Vulcan finally gets over there, kills the Charybdis. I kill the veterans off the one thing. So really all he has left are... The veterans and the quad mortars on the one flank, and then the other veterans that have come in sitting on the other objective. Right. And now my fire drakes have moved on; they've cleared the one objective off, you know, cleared the veterans off the one, and they're standing on an objective now. So I'm actually now it's starting to turn where I'm scoring points, and he only has. So we're, we're even at this point. So I I turn the fire raptor, been a total disappointment disappoint, at this point, and unload with that big chain cannon into the front of this veteran squad. And the way he has it set up, only the front of the squad is scoring the objective. So I I hit with everything, wound with everything. I ended up killing the squad really far back and killing the Apothecary. Oh, wow. He failed his lookout, sir, and all that. So it worked out great because I killed him back off of the objective where he can't score it anymore because you have to score it at the beginning of your turn and got rid of the Apothecary. Um, so I was like, woohoo. And then I shot the uh, auto cannons at the quad mortars and maybe did a wound, something like that. So it's starting to look up. Then on my my tactical squads cuz the one had went to ground but now it's standing back up. And then on the the other previous turn he had shot the the squad that hadn't gone to ground and it, I just kept rotating them back and forth cuz I knew he had these quad mortars. So basically what was happening is he would shoot one I would go to ground with them and then I would take the one unit that was next to them and like run past it. Like cuz they could move that turn and to get closer to the objective. So I'm like slowly creeping forward through this area terrain, alternating units going to ground whenever he shoots at him to get on objective. (laughs) So I finally creep forward enough to get a third objective like over these last couple turns. I'm just speeding it up now because now it doesn't really matter because he's got one veteran squad that's just hiding on an objective and it really comes down to he's got this quad mortar battery with the remnants of these other vets. So... On his turn he shoots the quad mortar at my guys again. The other squad, they go to ground. I just keep rotating those. I put the fire raptor in hover mode and backed it up like just like so it, imagine it like flies in, shoots you, hovers down, then just backs back up. And then I shot into the same unit again.
1: <laughs>
2: Die. Kill, kill all the veterans, but the quad mortars are still alive. So then on Scott's turn he switches the shatter shells and shoots the fire raptor. Because <laughs> it's in hover out. mode now. Yeah. So I, I jink. So I ended up he did he did three pins to it. I save everything else, but three pins get through. So it's got one hole point left. On his three damage results, he score all of them were three or less. Three, twos, ones. So all right. it does is make it snap fire, which it's already snap firing. Right. So because I jinked. So no big deal. So on my turn, I put it back in flight mode. So then it flies forward again, where it just backed up from and shoots into the, uh, quad mortars Vulcan this whole time after he kills these Medusas, he's like so far, he's like all the way on the back edge of the board. So he's just heading towards the quad mortars with no hope of getting there. But I got within range to shoot my beam gun at like one of the trailing back guys to do nothing to it as the game went on. So, um, Because I'd killed all of Scott's scoring units, but that one that was camping on that objective and I had, you know, got my fire drakes on the one, you know, that he used to be on and my other two tactical squads have slowly crept forward and are now on two, I'm scoring way more points than him. So what it it was kind of funny, because what it came down to was Iron Warriors, you can make Iron Warrior player play a turn six. It's just their rule like, one of their Legion drawbacks is in a random turn game, if, if you know, you instead of rolling, you can just make them play turn six.
1: I didn't know that. I thought it was, they could make you play turn six. That's crazy. I'm not trying to disprove S- you. I just went on the name of go, the No, Go, ahead. Uh, the bitter end. In games which normally have random game length, the Iron Warriors player's opponent can opt to play full six turns. Instead yeah. of a roll at the end of the game, table be made. Yeah, that's crazy. So wow. I had
2: shot him at this point. I'd shot him off all the objectives, and I, I'm on all of them now. And all he has left is this one quad mortar. Because I'd already killed half the battery just from, you know, shooting at it with the fire after and all that. So he's down to one. So I was like, okay, well, I'll force game six, you know, turn six to score more points. You And I'm not been keeping track of the score. So it is what it is. So we get to the end of the game. And we look at the uh, the bonus points are if you if you score Slay the Warlord, you get a D3 extra victory point. So I had killed Petarabo. Plus it's price of Failure, so I get an additional two. Plus it's, you know, so it's like two plus a D3. Then if you, it's Attrition, but Attrition's worth D3 instead of the normal one, which I had killed more units of his than mine because I would killed him all the way down to the one quad mortar battery. So anyway, I rolled these two D3s to try to score points, and I know I was way behind. So I rolled the first D3, roll a roll a one. Rolled the second D3, roll a one. <laughs> so I, I'm like, well, fuck, this ain't looking good. So we add up the points, and I think I ended up beating him by one point, maybe. Good Lord. So it was like a super close game, but it was like a total shit show at the beginning. But it was super fun. It was one of the tightest games. So at the end of the game... He had, he had ended up that that one remaining quad mortar shot shot one of the tactical squads to death on his last turn, so that they were dead. So I had one tactical squad with four guys in it. Um, I had a Primus Medicaid and Vulcan running around with Vulcan on one wound, and then I had a giant ass fire drake unit that had only lost like two or three guys. But I I had to leave them basically sitting on the objective to score points because I had nothing else. So they like were basically locked into. They basically went in, killed Petarabo and the the Siege Terminators and then went and stood on an objective the rest of the game. All my drop pods were dead. The Flamer guys were dead. melt the gun guys were dead. So at the end of the game I had the Big Fire Drake squad, um, the Chaplain, the Primus Medicaid, Vulcan with one wound and like four attack Marines. And I think Scott had a quad mortar, uh, a full quad mortar left. And a and the uh, Master of Signal that was attached to that unit. And that was uh, Everything else died.
1: Tight game.
2: <laughs> Super tight. tight. But it was fun. So anyway, that's a brutal-ass list that Scott brought. Like having all that Interceptor. And then if you think about it, if he, it gives him lots of options because basically everything but the Quad Mortars and the Medusas, you don't really have to start on the board. You know what I mean? Like he can start all those veterans in reserve and then just outflank them on turn one. Yeah. And then the, the tyrant siege guys and Petarabo can deep strike. And then if he wants to start it all on the board, his whole army has fucking intercept. Yeah. And it's, it's pretty rough. So, I tried telling him, so my idea just to help him out with the list was to get rid of the elements that couldn't start in reserve if you wanted them to, so get rid of the Medusas and get rid of the Quad Mortars, even though the Quad Mortars are ridiculous, but still. Switch to an Onslaught detachment like we were talking about because it makes you go second. Your opponent has no choice, right? Then you get a second Lord of War slot, so with that Lord of War slot, take a Suborbital strike wing in place of the Medusas. So, like, take two Avengers or whatever you want to take. And then uh, I forget what the other thing was. Take a, uh, I can't remember, but basically, take stuff you can start start in reserve so that he can always, it, basically, it makes his opponent always go first. They don't have a choice. And then he can basically bring all that, bring all those sniper vets, you know, bring the suborbital strike wing, deep strike in, petarabo, and all that shit, turn one.
1: Yeah, if you're bringing Pertorabo, I mean it's, it, it it's so it's so weird to pair up Pertorabo with like flyers, but like if you're gonna take a, you better have some flyers because that first turn coming in and just well, the combo of Pertorabo plus
2: fucking onslaught is so yeah. ridiculous.
0: Yeah,
1: because you
2: get a second Lord of War that you can take a servitor strike wing of flyers for one, and then it automatically makes you go second, which is supposed to be a drawback, but becomes a huge advantage when you can start your whole army in reserve and then get to roll for reserves on turn one for every model in your army.
1: Exactly. Like,
2: why would... You- so So anyway, if you play Iron Warriors and you want to be an absolute total dickhead, that's what you should do pretty much all the time. Every time. Oh, I know what it was, because if you take Onslaught, you can't take Pride of the Legion like he was running. Uh, I put a... For troops, I put a uh breacher squad in there and then also put a storm eagle for them to ride in as the heavy support. So you can have a breacher a storm eagle loaded with breachers come in turn one, your suborbital strike wing come in turn one, and then have all your vets outflank. And then Paterabo and the Terminator's deep strike.
1: Really, really holds a candle up to the Iron Fire list.
2: <laughs> yeah. And that's with no, obviously no uh, right of war. That's just taking, you instead of taking right of war, take on the slot. So, anyway, that's my little talk on the crazy game I played, plus like how I feel about Iron Warriors and if you want to be mean, ways you can game the system to run them.
1: Sounds like a good, uh, sounds like you had a great game there, dude. Sorry about your uh, fire after whifting, whiffing like that. Well, it
2: made up for it because that's actually what won me the game in later rounds because that was the thing that murdered the whole veteran squad off the objective and kept shooting his uh, quad mortars where it made him actually make the decision to shoot at the Fire Raptor instead of my guys holding objectives because he had to. And then it ended up even living through that, which was glorious. Because I was willing to sacrifice it just to give those guys one turn of relief of not having to fucking get shot in the face with a Phosphix. That one tact <laughs> unit... Literally got shot with phosphex every turn they were on the board. That's all they got shot. Nothing else was even shooting at them. Just Phosphax quad mortars. I'm like, these fucking poor salamanders, like, literally crawled on their fucking bellies through ruins, because every other turn I'm going to ground, crawled on their belly through ruins, getting shot with phosphex every turn, just to score me one objective point before then finally being wiped out by the self-same fucking phosphex. Feel bad for
1: them. <laughs> you need to go give them some, like, campaign markings or something. Make them feel next, better.
2: Next game night, I'm going to pour a bill- beer out for the homies.
1: <laughs> so this is what Phosphix does? We should never use this. Yes. Ever. Ever.
2: <laughs> That's why the salamanders don't use Phosphix.
1: It's because this of what this it game. does
0: to people.
2: Uh, it's so bad. Sound fucking Fostex scary. quad mortars are not, not nice. Right. I got three so anyway.
1: sitting in my sitting in my drawer behind me over there, like yep. not for me. Like I keep trying to convince my buddy Steven, who's probably listening right now, Steven, uh, to play thirty k. He, he was a Crimson Fist player, and I keep trying to like get him to play, and he's gonna play Imperial Fist. And I keep telling him like, dude, I got these quad mortars for you right now to put together. And like you will basically jump into the game competitively <laughs> with some quad mortars. Just go buy yourself a whirlwind. Play that. Put
2: you put you a master signal there, so you have intercepting fucking phosphex quad mortars. It's a nightmare.
1: It's brilliant. Uh, so anyway, off the phosphex. Leviathan, my friend. Leviathan lists.
2: We'll read his email out so we know what we're talking about.
1: Okay. Hold, please. It was actually not actually an email. It was a, uh, a Reddit reply. And let's see here. So go into Reddit. and mm-hmm. looking. It says, I have a topic idea. The dreaded Leviathan force organization chart. How to get the most bang for your bang when you have three lord of war slots and only a single scoring model. This comes from Lucarian on the Warhammer 30k subreddit. So
2: what is he saying? Does the Leviathan lord of war, the original one, does it count as scoring or something? Uh I think so. I I I mean, where's he even getting the one scoring model at? Let's see. Not that this is pertinent, I just want to know where what he's saying is the one scoring unit.
1: Caught me off guard.
2: Because I know the Leviathan, like the the, the Leviathan, like we talked about, gains tank hunter and whatever. Uh oh! Silence. Awkward
1: silence. Say something. <laughs> Sorry, I had to pull it up. I had to pull it up. It, like my phone's on like three percent here. Okay. So the special rule of Leviathan Lord of War: the center destructive heart of the Leviathan this is a must Lord of War for either Engine Darkness. Unlike usual Lord of War, this may represent any percentage army. Uh... Yes, it is a scoring unit. Okay. Uh, the rules of Warhammer 40,000, this Leviathan is both your forces Warlord effectively and uses its own special Warlord trait and is also a scoring unit. Bam. That's what he's talking about. Yes. All right. So
2: You're right. Here's, here's, I don't know how he's just glossed over this, but if you look at the Leviathan detachment, it comes with an allied detachment. Like, you can take an allied detachment with it. So, all your scoring is going to have to come from that allied detachment. So, the, the easiest, quickest, best answer would be to take Solar auxiliary, because you can just take a cheap HQ and then for your two troop choices, take two infantry uh, Terracos or... Ch- is that what they're called? Teric- ter-
1: it's T-E-R-I-C-I-O. Terrico. Yeah,
2: whatever it is. Each one comes with three troop units. You can take up to three units that all comprise a single troop choice. So you can essentially get six scoring units right there just by allying those guys in.
1: Just, uh, you know, if you're trying to avoid painting many models, (laughs) then sorry. So
2: so the other way is even if you just took a Marine space Marine allied detachment. So as an elite choice, you can take terminators or veterans, which have implacable advance. So they're scoring and you get two troop choices, which is two more scoring. Then you can take Seekers, which have implacable advance for fast tech. That's scoring. So there's four scoring units. Then if you're lucky enough to have one of the legions that have, like, bodyguard terminators like Death Shroud or Fire Drakes, where it states instead of a command squad, you can take one of, you know, a squad of these guys. So what that means is you can take a Praetor or whatever. Say you're playing Salamanders, take a Praetor, then for as bodyguard unit take fire drakes which don't take up a slot on the force org chart they but they count as a unit but they have implacable advance so you could have a scoring hq unit so you could have scoring hq elites fast and troops then if you're lucky enough to play death guard not only can you do that with death shroud the same same thing death shroud implacable advance you can take them as a bodyguard unit so you can have scoring hq elite troops and then fast they also have grave wardens which are a heavy support choice which also have implacable advance so you can build a death guard allied detachment that fills the entire allied detachment that every single model or every single unit is scoring
1: yeah basically you're not going to get around like there, there's no matter what way you look at it there's not going to be a, a way to do it without taking an ally Right. you will only be stuck with one scoring model
2: but it's oh, not that big a deal to take the allied detachment
1: no never mind i was trying to think of like stuff that like maybe you could like get like that navigator model or like tie, uh, like a garo or something like that oh okay they the require agents HQ choices. agents
2: yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah and i don't think either of them. i think garo is implacable uh, yeah no there's not going to be a way without getting some sort of allied choice but i think your most bang for your bang is going to be probably spending
2: what probably about 300 points
1: on a infantry terricio. yeah i think there are 100 points for there each. Are 100
2: points for last rifle but and, but i mean you don't have to take just the last rifle guys i think the 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 Volcat guys aren't that many more are that many more points. Now you only get ten of them in the unit as opposed to twenty. But I mean, you could spend you know I don't know what their HQs cost either. You could buy their bare minimum HQ. Uh, yeah. 50, 50 points. So that's fifty and then spend three hundred points on one of the troop choices and have three scoring units there, plus your revive and that gives you four and you spent three hundred and fifty points.
1: I'm kind of interested like uh what kind of lord of wars you'll be picking uh i mean if you're gonna try and do like a titan mana pool, i could see where it wouldn't work out for you too well because you would only have one scoring unit Like you playing a 3000 point leviathan list and that would be like a reaver and two warhounds you're not if gonna you be don't able to table sp- your opponent i mean that's the i mean that's the
2: problem like that's the whole point of the leviathan list is like Why is this guy asking this question? This is getting back. This is just going to get me upset again because it's just dragging us back. (laughs) It's the same thing that we can't quit talking about apparently today, which is big, silly models. Like, you're taking a Leviathan list to be a douche and run a giant ass, you know, whatever. Like, that's just how it goes. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know of any other reason, so... Are you really worried? like how do I how do I win on all fronts? How do I hold all the objectives and kill all your models? I don't know, dude. Take an allied detachment. I don't like. Does it? It doesn't really matter. <laughs> if you have a warlord. You're just gonna kill all their shit. They're not holding objectives either because they're dead. So what's it matter?
1: So I guess in this case, if you're gonna be running a Leviathan detachment,
2: which you shouldn't anyway, but. Whatever.
1: I mean I could see like where there'd be like fun ways to play Leviathan attachment. Alright. You are gonna need an ally. But, I mean there's like non OP ways to do it. Like if you want to field all your like like let's say you want to do like a I don't know. Like three uh fell blades or something like that. Like three like chassis. Like just the the, the Space Marine super heavy chassis, you know, just like to have like a tank hunter squadron or something like that. Like, yeah. Oh dude, I didn't even think about that. Like running a Leviathan against a warlord. Oh my god, we're back. We're not talking. <laughs> sorry. Sorry, <laughs> I'm I'll... gonna
2: take three falchions and then back to <laughs> stun locking. That's that's where it goes to. If you don't take falchions, you're wasting your time.
1: So <laughs> sorry, okay. Back didn't didn't mean to didn't it's a different way to way.
2: stun lock it.
1: <laughs> okay, cool. So, so anyway, anyway, so yeah, it the really, I mean, the the topic is kind of rough. Just like just traking straight Leviathan without allies, you just have to table your opponent. And I mean, if you're gonna be taking Leviathan, you're probably gonna take something that would be able to table your opponent, like D weapons all around, just Reaver Titan Warhounds and all the all the turbo lasers uh otherwise if you're taking some other fluffy or cool Leviathan detachment that I don't know about that's like you know maybe what like i don't know like a a some sort of titan hunter mana pool of tanks or something, then you're gonna have to take a uh an allied choice an allied detachment, and I think the easiest way like like ryan said, the easiest way is gonna be. To just take a bunch of uh, I mean if you have Solar Auxilla who don't know what they're getting into.
2: If you have Solar auxiliary you just take their because you get for your two troop choices, essentially you get six. And then for Marines, they have so many things with implacable advance. You can just take your elite slot, fast slot, troop slot, and convert it all into scoring units.
1: You could literally spend twelve hundred points and get twelve scoring units of of Solar Ox if you wanted to.
2: You only get two troop choices and an allied detachment. So you can only get a maximum of six.
1: Oh, well, there you go. So 600 points without loading them up and not giving them an HQ. So it's probably about like 650 points, six scoring units. So yeah, man, that's pretty much all you can really do with Leviathan. Uh, Table your opponent. Don't worry about objectives. really what it seems like you should be doing. Scoring
2: units make you weak. (laughs)
1: <laughs> especially when you're playing with those big things. So. All right. Where's that? So we also got a list in. Uh, yep. We got an Iron Wing list in. Let me go ahead and see here. My phone died, so I can't pull up my email on my phone. So I got to do it on <gasps> my computer.
2: I got it right here. You want me to hold it up to the camera and let you read it?
1: That's inefficient.
2: by the way this is one of the most uh satisfying and frustrating list reviews i've ever done
1: both at the same time
2: because the stupid mm-hmm. iron wing like drawbacks are so hard to make a list like so hard
1: yeah mainly because the whole if it's the, not a tank thing
2: yes and then the way that the uh the fact that the only way to get tanks in a marine army is heavy support slots
1: okay so this email comes from davis davis says hey guys i've been building a dark angels iron wing list and while i love dark angels and the iron wing i'm finding it it's right very restrictive yes it is it's very hard to come up with a list that i like and keep it changing it keeps changing and i keep changing it every week uh this is this week's version of my list i would love some critiques ways to make it better okay so as first things first is HQ? He's got a Damocles command Rhino, which I get. He's trying to fill that tank, trying to get that extra tank in there for pretty yeah, cheap. Yeah,
2: basically this list would not work without that in there.
1: Oh, so so if y'all don't understand, on uh, the Iron Wing right, um, you cannot have more units that aren't the tank qualifier, the vehicle tank, like not just even vehicle. It's got to be vehicle tank type than yep. anything else in the army. So if you have a infantry squad, then you have to have a tank in comparison to that. So it, it's very you, you got to squeeze in a tank ever you can. The problem so, is because
2: you you take an HQ unit, right? So you have to take like a praetor or whatever to even get the right of war. You're already one behind the eight ball. Right. So because so that's kind of what the Damocles is is almost like offset. You can look at it as it's offsetting the praetor. It's a hundred
1: point tank tax. <laughs> yes. So, he's got the Damocles Command Rhino, and then he's got his actual uh Praetor, which is Lord Galad Demadred. That's a real cool name. Uh, it's a Praetor with Cataphracta armor, digital lasers, mastercrafted Paragon blade, and the Ironwing Wing Porto- Protocol Rite of War. So, Cataphracta Terminator, uh, Lord. Y'all know how we feel about Cataphracta Terminator armor. Uh, Do you got the picture?
2: Fu- Do you have the picture I sent you, Michael? describe the picture i
1: sent you i don't have my phone's dead
2: it's it's this army list with a big x a giant red x through the cataphracty armor with an arrow pointing to it that just says no with three exclamation points and then it says god damn it why do we have to go over this every week not to shit on davis i'm just saying that like we do this every week
1: so cataphracty terminator armor uh I mean, the first thing he's going to do is drop that. I mean, but yeah, if you're I'll asking me,
2: that. that's the first thing. So here's the thing from now on, if you're submitting a list and you don't have a legit reason to have te- cataphracty armor, like because teleporting. you're you're, <laughs> you're teleporting salimators. like an actual legit reason. If you're going to put him in the list, at least make a notation that says, I know, I know I just like the model or I know like, don't just send it to me and say, hey, make this list better because the very first thing that's happening is that guy's coming out of Terminator armor because it's pointless and just costs you points for no reason because he already comes in an Artificer and it's less points to buy him an Iron Halo than it is to upgrade to Terminator armor.
1: Plus, you don't get any of the restrictions of Terminator armor. So anyway, continue. So yeah. So you can already tell with that what's going to go happen to that Praetor's armor. Unless you yeah. have some super bad at. Ad- Actually, Davis... Can you send it, if it's if it's some like a badass like Lord Gala Demodred is like completely painted up, like legit, in his cataphract armor and it's like all badass and shit. I'd like to see that. And that would totally redeem. Him I'd like to see it on a armor.
2: diorama. Keep it off the tabletop.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, send it in to us, man. We'd love to see it and love to post it up. But anyway, look, next listen thing on in all list.
2: seriousness, in all seriousness, fluff comes first. I'm just saying this from a competitive standpoint because people send me lists and say, make this more competitive. I'm not saying, like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to come off as just, like, don't ever, like, this is the worst thing ever. Like, I will slap you if I see you. Like, I don't care. If you want to run a guy in cataphracty armor, you know, whatever. Like, I get it. Fluff reasons, maybe you like the model, you think it looks cool, whatever. But don't then ask me, make my list more competitive.
1: That's all <laughs> I'm saying. I would love some critiques and ways to make it better. There you go. Drop Boom. the cataphract armor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, troops choice two tactical squads with rhinos. Makes sense. Got to pay those rhino tax to have the tank in there. Yep. So, two tactical squads, you know, just standard dudes running around with bolters. Uh, and the elite's choice he has 10 Legion veterans with two heavy bolters, rhino, and marksman. So, uh, paying that rhino tax, got the veterans with their heavy bolters and the bio corrosive. What's the name? He, he
2: doesn't have them in his list. He doesn't have that down. He just has the heavy bolters.
1: Oh my. I just we'll assumed that we'll
2: get to that when we get to my list, but I will state why we're here. I love this choice. Veterans and an iron wing are ridiculous because the iron ring special rule is if you're within 12 inches with a rapid fire salvo or pistol weapon, Mm-hmm. then you gain plus 1 to your to wound rolls. Well because sniper vets always wound on a set value of a 4 up anyway, it essentially makes them a set value of a 3 up against anything. So it's like, "Oh cool Thanatar! deck 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 deck, you know, here's all three, you know, they <laughs> all wound on threes. It's awesome." It's it's ridic- like Mechanicum is not hearing a peep out of you know, we or Dark Angel veterans aren't hearing a peep out of Mechanicum. They do, they don't want that. They don't they don't want that at all. So, If, if not went.
1: for the monster hunter running around, then,
0: you know. Yeah,
2: then for this. So anyway, go ahead.
1: All right, so next thing in the Elite's choice is five Cataphractite Terminators, one Calibanite Warblade, two Chain Fist, four Power Axes, and a Spartan with Armored Ceramite.
2: So the first thing I noticed is he's got seven weapons on five guys,
1: so I was confused by that uh one five dudes calvinite warblade two chain fist, four power axes, yeah it's a little a little over uh maybe he meant two power axes, yeah, I don't
2: know
1: We'll just say i keep you know, i keep two chain fist and two power axes, that's a good combo right there okay, just just you know all around, but Spartan with armor Ceramite, so it's got that going for him, yep, in his fast attack section he's got the one lightning strike fighter with two sets of crack and penetrator missiles, battle surface to control, ground track and auguries. Uh, pretty standard lightning. I mean, hands down, this is just going to be there to take out non super heavy tanks that your enemy throws up on the table. I get it. Very cool. Uh, heavy support Leviathan Dread with Meltalance, Snippy Claw, and a Drop Pod. Uh, so, cool thing about Iron Wing, for y'all out there that don't know, uh, Iron Wing gives Dreadnoughts Tank Hunter and Fear, right? Fear and Tank Hunter.
2: Yeah. And yeah, Monster so, Hunter, too, right? Yeah,
1: and Monster Hunter. That's right. Uh, so, a Leviathan Dreadnought with a Melta lance in a drop pod is very scary for any non-armored I mean, Ceramited. Well,
2: even with armored Ceramite, because the the Melta lance is strength nine yeah so you're i mean and it's three shots so you're essentially getting to roll six dice because you get re-rolls you know so up to upwards of six dice rolls and if any of those hit a six you're punching through even a ceramided spartan with an ap1 gun yeah oh yeah
1: so leviathan with melted lance inside the drop pod is going and like it's it lands kills something and then says like oh you want to tie me up in combat snippy claw slap 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 just starts trimming through dudes so, yeah, that's that's brutal to drop pod in somebody's little area. The problem with that is uh, that's two units that are not tanks that you're throwing in there. So you got a lot of tax to pay, which he does do. Uh, so the next thing in the heavy support slot, he has uh, two Legion Vindicators with Machine Spirit. Uh, so I'm guessing you're just going to run forward pretty quick with those guys and use that Machine Spirit to just drop those templates as you're going. I get it. I like it. Uh, two Legion Vindicators with Laser Destroyer arrays. um, Yeah, pretty cool. And then uh, Caliburnus, which is a glaive with Armored Ceramite to bump up to 3,000 points. And then on top of that, which the glaive, cool, very cool with that Armored, ceram- armored Ceramite. You're going to want to keep it alive. Uh, he also has available to him two Predators with Plasma Cannon Turrets, About 60 Marines and 7 Rhinos. Badass. Uh, Once a Karen with last cannon sponsons and two quad launchers. If you guys could give me any advice, I would greatly appreciate it. Uh, Thanks from Chattanooga, Tennessee. So, Ryan, uh, you actually had, like, a list ready and changed up within, like, um, what? Like, less than... 10 hours of this being in your hands?
2: Yeah, it took me, well, it, it took me even longer than I thought just because of just trying to work it out because it's so, like he said, it's very restrictive. Um, so I wrote him, I actually wrote two lists. I wrote one list that's like as minimal changes as I could think to make, make, to make it good and still leave like pretty much the core of his list untouched. And I made one that uh, diverts from that even more. So, and we can send him both lists. So the one that's really close to his list um, is uh, basically chain, getting rid of that Terminator Praetor and replacing it with a power armored version, or sorry, a, a Artificer armor version. So the Praetor I built for him is Artificer armor, Iron Halo, Paragon Blade. Make sure it's modeled as a sword to get the Dark Angel benefit. Power Fist. Because it's also a specialist weapon, so he's going to get the extra attack. A bolt gun, it's only two points to give him a bolter. There was two points in the list when I got done, so I threw a bolter on the guy. Plus the bolter can take advantage of the iron wing rules, so I thought it was fluffy. Um, digital lasers and melt bombs So that's his Praetor. So also still has the Damocles Command Rhino. Uh, same reason that he added in there. I, you get to the end of the list and you have to have another tank to offset some things, and it's a tank that's not in the heavy support slot. Um, so for troops, I got a 10-man tactical squad. The sergeant has melta bombs uh, with a dedicated rhino, but I put a pentel multi-melta on the rhino.
1: Some Australian meta right there.
2: Yeah. Well, it's
1: it's good. It's going to be a
2: worldwide meta. I mean, there's no reason... It makes the rhino worthwhile. I mean, if you have to take all these rhinos, you might as well, you know, do something to make them worthwhile. Um, (laughs) There's some other things you can do with them. I think Michael's smiling because he's thinking about some videos that were filmed recently, but maybe not. I don't know. So anyway, my second troop choice is identical to that. It's another 10-man tactical squad with with Melta bombs on the sergeant with a panel-mounted multi-melta on the rhino. So then we get to the elite's. So, for elites, I kept his 10 man uh, veteran squad, uh, but I added melt bombs to the unit. So, all 10 of them have melt bombs. Um, I kept the two heavy bolters, but I upgraded them to the molecular acid shells. And on the Rhino, I kept the Rhino and put a multi-melta on it. So, it's essentially the same unit with a few more upgrades. So, the acid shells, for those that don't know, they have a random AP. So when you shoot at something, you roll a D6, and whatever you roll, that's the AP of the gun for that round. So if you think about it, in 30K, you're typically shooting at things with a 3-up armor save. So that means when you roll a D6, if you roll a 1, 2, or 3, which is half the time, you're ignoring that unit's armor save with these with this particular weapon, which is pretty good. Then what's even funnier is because these guys are sniper vets, when you roll the wound, if you roll a 6, it becomes AP2 anyway. So, you're getting essentially two chances to ignore someone's armor save. So, it puts it where this thing is going to ignore your. If you have a three up armor save, it's going to ignore it more than 50% of the time, which is pretty good. Also, the molecular acid rounds are poison two plus, I believe. So, you're almost always going to wound with them. And then on veterans, heavy bolters come with the suspension harness, so they're uh, count as assault. They have their range, so they go to 18 inch range instead of 36, but they become assault. So the other funny thing about that is because he's got them mounted in a rhino, the rhino has two firing points, and then it also has the, the multi melta on the top, so you can drive your rhino six inches and then still shoot the two heavy bolters out of it with the, the crazy ammo and all that and shoot the multi melta, which is pretty neat.
1: Just drop it. You gotta put like uh, make it low rider. Yeah. <laughs>
2: so so anyway. That's that. So I got rid of the Terminators and the Spartan. I didn't really see a point to them in the list. Like, I also don't understand the point of taking a Spartan to transport that few guys. Like, it's got a 25-man capacity. I know he was probably putting his Praetor in there and getting up to six, but I still think that's kind of a waste. So I just... Because he had so many Power Armored Marines and Rhinos, I just totally scrapped the idea of the Terminators and replaced them with more Vets. So his second and third or his second uh, elite choice is the exact same squad that I talked about above. So it's another identical veteran squad. And then his third elite choice is an identical veteran squad, but it's only it's dropped to a nine man with only a single heavy bolter in it. So you have room to put your Praetor in the Rhino with the veterans. So that's where your Praetor's riding. Um, for fast attack, I, I kept the lightning um, same way he has it armed with the Krakens battle servitor ground tracking. Um, for heavy support, I dropped one of the the vindicator squadron with this the normal vindicators. I dropped it in place of a predator with a plasma with the executioner plasma cannon, which he says that he has, um, mainly to save some points. Um, then for the other for a second heavy support choice, I kept the uh, Vindicator uh, Siege Tank Squadron with the laser arrays, so it's the exact same as his other list. Um, then for his third heavy support slot, I have uh, same Leviathan Dreadnought, but I armed it different. So it's a Leviathan Dreadnought, uh, Cyclonic Lance, a uh, Siege Claw with Meltagun gun in it, uh, two times twin-linked uh, Volkite Calivers, a Phosfex Discharger, and Armored Ceramite, and it's still in a Dreadnought drop pod. And then instead of a glaive, so he basically, he should have all of these models for this entire army based on what he said, except for this last one. It wasn't on his list. So if he wants to build this list, he's going to have to go buy one of these. I replaced the glaive with the Typhon. And the Typhon has a uh, last cannon, sponsons, and armored ceramite. And this list is sitting right at 29.75, so there's 25 points left over to put war gear on something or to upgrade something, you know, if I did, you know that he wants to upgrade. So the reason I like this list, um, it's got a bunch of heavy bolters with the acid rounds in it, which is very fluffy for Dark Angels using their uh, special rule. Um, It's got a dreadnought in here that takes a heavy advantage of the tank hunter, fear, and monster hunter that dreadnoughts get. I put uh, multi-meltas on all these rhinos to make all these rhinos uh, threats for everything, so there's tons of anti-armor in here. Um... The predator. Basically, this is like, this is how, the Iron Wing should be, in my opinion, because it, it describes it as like this: these veteran guys that have like all this old school war gear that drive around in their tanks and then get out and beat your ass. <laughs> so, the core the core of this army is built up around these three veteran squads, you know, and they're all like marksmen. They have all these veteran honors and stuff. They have the uh, the special you know, they're kitted out with the special heavy bolters with the special ammo. And imagine these like 30 or so vets, and they're essentially all, always wounding on threes regardless of what they're shooting at. And then on sixes to the wound, they become AP two. And then the five heavy bolters in here all have a random AP, which are likely going to be ignoring a lot of armor saves and also always wound on a two. And then you got five rhinos with multi-meltas. That's a lot of just like random multi melta driving around. You got the lightning to smash, you know, big tanks. You got the Typhon ignoring cover, you know, killing big Death Stars and stuff, whatever. You got the Leviathan running around in your backfield. I feel like this list is pretty scary and still really, really fluffy. And he's only going to have to buy a model.
1: Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think it's really fluffy and competitive wise. I wouldn't want to fight it. I wouldn't want that many melted guns and like, even if i try to get close to try and kill those like you have to kill this thing with like flyers like that's the only only thing you got that you got that lightning that's going to come back and bite you in the ass well and i also so. like
2: this gives you some good deployment options with the veterans if you want to put some things you know some of these guys in reserve and then outflank with them they, they work well because you yeah. outflank with the rhino come in six inches you can shoot something in the ass with that multi melta even you know what i mean like if they have uh a Scorpus whirlwind or some predators or whatever in their backfield, then the guys can get out. And if they have like a quad mortars or whatever, sitting back there, shoot them with all this, like three plus wounding ammo and the heavy bolters. If you hit AP uh, three or less on those heavy bolters, two of those things will kill a whole quad mortar battery on their own. Think about it. They're wounding on twos because they're poison two plus. And if you, 50% of the time they're going to ignore the armor save a quad mortar battery has, which is a three up. So just like one or two of those guys shooting into a quad mortar battery is pretty scary.
1: Just get there.
2: (laughs) Just get there. I got shot. I got shot with this Dark Angel special ammo. A friend shot me with three jet bikes with this ammo and killed a whole Terminator squad. Good Lord. With
1: three jet bikes with this ammo in one round of shooting. My buddy Sam, whenever I played against him, it was, uh, I think he rolled AP two or less two times in a row. And it just wiped squads. I mean, that's just right. heavy bolters. So
2: this other list, I'll go through it a lot faster. It's the same idea. So here's the problem I have with this first list. The only problem I have with it is this Leviathan Dreadnought. Me and Michael, because he's from Texas. he They love the Leviathans down there. I can tell you love that. Love it. That being I mean, said, this
1: this, iron- this dreadnought that you're taking, Leviathan, with the seeds, with the with the snippy claw coming in on a drop pod, and on top yeah. of that, it has fear, like charge me, fucking charge me. Well,
2: that me. and all the tank hunter on all the melted shits, pretty horrifying
1: exactly. and all that. Yeah. So,
2: anyway, the the problem in an Iron Wing list though is a Leviathan is a heavy support slot. So the heavy support slot, other than the Damocles Rhino the heavy support slot is the only place you can get a tank that doesn't have infantry that you have to buy to get the tank. So because you have to offset everything else in the army list with units that have the tank type. So if you buy tactical Marines and buy them a rhino, you've not gotten anywhere. You're still in the same place you were before. So the only way to get tanks, you know, to offset other things that aren't tanks is the heavy support slot. So he's compounding it by taking a Leviathan because if you take a Leviathan, you almost always have to buy a drop pod for it. So now you're buying two units that also that have to have two tanks to offset it. You see what I'm saying? Yep. While also oh, yeah. getting rid of a premium slot, which is the only slot to get tanks to offset it. So it's it kind of like, by taking the Leviathan in there, it almost like guarantees that you have to throw in the Damocles and... You have to take a super heavy that's also a tank, a Lord of War that's a tank. Right. Like it just gets rid of your options, totally murders all your options. There's no other way to do it at that point. So what I did, I basically wrote essentially the same list, but got rid of the Leviathan just to see what I could do different. If the Leviathan wasn't
1: in there, Taking it up all that room.
2: <laughs> right. But so the list I came up prime real estate. So we'll just, we'll go through this list a lot faster. Cause I explained what most of this stuff does. And when I went over the last list, so I changed the Praetor up. So this is a Praetor and Artificer armor. Got an iron halo, a paragon blade modeled as a sword, meltabombs, a scimitar, and he's riding on a scimitar jet bike with acid rounds. So I thought this was kind of cool. This seems fluffy for Dark Angels. Put your dude on a jet bike, get a little raven wing mixed in your iron wing in there. I thought that was kind of neat. Um so, for troops, it's the same two troops choices. So, two 10 man tactical squads with melt bombs on the sergeants, and they're both in rhinos with multi meltas. Um, for elites, it's the same. It's three of the same uh, veteran tacticals. The ten, They're 10 man squads. Everybody has melt bombs. There's two heavy bolters in each squad, uh, all with acid rounds. They have marksmen, and they're all three in dedicated rhinos with multi melta I could make all of them 10 man squads because the Praetor doesn't have to ride in there anymore because he's on a jet bike. For the fourth elite slot, I replaced the Leviathan with a Contemptor Mortis with dual carries, and it doesn't really need a pod, it can walk around. So it's still gonna be a frightening dreadnought when you put in Tank Hunter or Monster Hunter on a dual carries Contemptor, I feel like. Um, I kept the Primus uh, Lightning the exact same, it's no different. For the second fast attack choice, I took a Legion uh, Jetbike Skyhunter squadron with four jetbikes in it. Um, All of the jetbikes have uh, Meltabombs, and all of them have the uh, mutagenic ammo. So the Praetor will go in there, so you're going to get five heavy bolters with the random AP. And then in close combat, they all have five have Meltabombs, and then Praetor obviously has a Paragon Blade. So pretty good. Then for heavy support, I kept the uh, single Predator with the Plasma Cannon. Um, the then for the second choice, the two Vindicators with laser destroyers and a squadron, so they go up to BS5 because of Iron Wing, And then for the third heavy support choice, I took the Scorpus Whirlwind, which essentially replaces um, the Damocles Rhino with a much better version of the Damocles Rhino. Then for the Lord of War, I still kept the Typhon. So, just mixes it up a little better. Um... It just gives you two options, really. I think both lists are good. Which list do you like better? I ask you an email.
1: Uh, personally, I am a. I mean, I can understand where the second list is more competitive when you remove the Leviathan. I don't uh, know that
2: it's even more competitive. I just think it's different. I guess it gives
1: you a different look.
2: I like it. I feel like it's a little more well rounded. I guess.
1: Did Did we add a Scorpius Warwind in there? Yeah, we, yeah, did. we did. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Okay. We removed the Texas meta and insert... And put it with the Indiana meta. <laughs> the Indiana meta in there, so...
2: And we also put jet bikes in here, which is a very Indiana thing. There's a lot of guys with jet bikes. So, I was going to so. actually... It's funny you said that, because I actually was thinking that in my head. I was going to... This is the Dark Angel Iron Wing Indiana version. Dark Angel Iron, <laughs> Iron Wing Texas version. So,
1: so I mean, I, I like either one. I mean, it's just... It's like it... You... <laughs> Either one works. I mean, really. Right.
2: Well, I emailed you, Michael, both these lists. So if you want to forward forward uh, Davis the list, um, I've already deleted them from my email. But I, I mean, I, I know that. I mean, I could dig them back out. But you could forward him the list. That way he actually has physical copies and doesn't have to sit here and listen to this episode nine trillion times with an ink pen trying to scribble it down as we go through it quickly.
1: You will write this down. So, yeah, it but him, right? it gives
2: him just gives him a couple different options because he said he didn't know the second list. Would obviously, I think he should probably stick with the first list, the Texas version. He's only going to have to buy the one model, which is the Typhon. It sounds like he has all the other models. Um, and then if he wants to mix it up later, I think if you're a Dark Angel player, you it's almost criminal not to own some of those jet bikes with the crazy acid rounds. I wanted, <laughs> I really had to work that in there. They're so. brutal, man, they're super brutal
1: and i like how uh like i don't know executioner plasma cannon seems so dark angels as well like if we exactly yeah yeah i agree
2: plus to be honest i he it's kind of weird like the depending on what you're shooting i guess the vindicator is a little more re- well rounded cuz you can kill tanks and stuff with it but as far as just shooting infantry the executioner plasma cannon is almost as effective as killing infantry as two vindicators just with three small blasts, depending on how they're packed in there, but you're getting it for like less than half the points cost of the, the squadron of two. Right. So that was the main reason I swapped it is I don't necessarily think it's like all that much better than the two Vindicators. It's just that it's maintaining an equivalent level of hitting power while shaving points to fit the other stuff in that I put in the list. Basically. Hmm. So, Anyway, that's the two iron wing lists. I actually had fun writing these. I'm not a big, uh, for fluff reasons, not they look awesome. And I love their rules, the way they play. I like dark angels in that aspect, but I'm, I'm not a dark angel guy fluff wise. But I, even with that said, even me not really liking dark angels, I really enjoyed, uh, writing these lists. I thought it was a challenge and I, these are li- these two lists. I'm both happy with how they came out. I would enjoy playing either of these lists. I think it would be really fun. And, um, I don't think anybody could complain about these like being cheesy or whatever, but they're definitely going to be nasty lists. I mean, there's a lot of like little combo stuff in here. I feel like these units that we picked to go in this list fit with that Rite of War about as perfect as you can get.
1: Definitely, dude. I think it came out great. I think both lists came out great. Davis, dude, if you play this list send us how it went because i mean you don't really have to change up a lot it's not like you got to go you know buy up a whole bunch of models or anything like that maybe pick up a typhon maybe even convert that spartan you're not going to be using into a typhon i don't know you know
2: well the other reason i wanted to do that was because say he didn't want to play three thousand points the typhon is 450 so it just gives it like he can literally just dump the typhon
1: boom right there 2500
2: right because he already had twenty five hundred, or he already had twenty five points floating, but he'd need another tank to offset it, so he'd have to take a second Damocles. So he could basically drop the Typhon and then drop like the Power Fist or digital lasers off the Praetor to get his hundred points um, that he needs to buy a second Damocles. Which he said he had seven Rhinos, so he shouldn't have a problem getting another <laughs> For <real>? uh, d- <laughs> direct TV direct TV dish to put on top. Um, so get that HBO, yeah. So anyway, like, if he wanted to play 2,500, just get rid of the super heavy altogether and add in a second Damocles, and he'd be good to go.
1: Be solid. See? I thought that out. Thought that through. Just scale see. it back. Yeah, because it seems like he was, you know, trying to get that glaive in there originally just to, right. you know, fill in points.
2: Right. I take care of you guys. You guys send me a list. I'll take care of you. I promise. <laughs> I treat it like you? my own list. Yeah. One of these days, I may call you for a favor.
1: <laughs> Maybe not today. So, so, but yeah, Davis, take a picture of your army, send it to us. We'd love to see it. actually, anybody out there who has ever had one of their list come through here, we'd love to see it i'm I love seeing people's armies. I just you know we you know we get all these lists and everything like that, and we'd be like, this would be cool if you did this, 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 this. That's like I'd love to see it could i could I see your child like I helped you <laughs> you know
2: even if you just want to troll me and just send me pictures of endless pictures of uh cataphracti praetors. That's fine. I don't care send it. I'll look at them. I would love
1: for y'all to fill up our Facebook page with cataphracti praetors. (laughs) (laughs) Just leading the charge. (laughs) Just assaulting in combat.
2: (laughs) As long as they're salamanders, I don't mind. (laughs) Salamanders with storm shields, I get it. Imperial fist guys with deep strike, I get it.
1: So, yeah, guys, if y'all have any lists or anything y'all want us to review or talk about, anything like that, this is actually pretty cool this week because we got, like, both, hey, can y'all discuss Iron Wing, my Iron Wing list? And then, hey, can y'all also discuss live Python? It's perfect. It was like, talking points and all this stuff. So, if you have anything that you'd like us to discuss or go over, uh, shoot us an email, michael at warhammer30k.com or ryan at warhammer30k.com or chris at warhammer30k.com. And uh, we will discuss whatever you'd like. Uh, and on top of that, if uh, you want to reach out to our Facebook, you can go to the Forgotten Legion 30K to, uh, Facebook page. You can hit me up on Reddit. I'm on the Warhammer 30K subreddit. Uh, I pretty much post these, uh, uh, what do you call podcast on that subreddit. And uh, that's actually where this question came up is right under the comments of that, that subreddit. And I always look at those subreddit comments. So uh, if you want to shoot me a question on there you're more than welcome to but there's so many ways to get a hold of us guys uh and we actually have a south texas horse heresy 30k facebook group that you can ask us the question and get it faster answer that's how that works out every time but uh but yeah man if y'all have anything or have any questions feel free to shoot it to us we have no problem answering those questions but uh we do have some uh While we're closing out here, we kind of did the whole, like, how to contact a spiel. Uh, I did want to go ahead and announce some things that are in the woodworks right now. Uh, For starters, there's a new painting, commissioned painting studio on the block uh, that does a Twitch stream. That's actually one of our buddies, uh, David Sampson. It's going to be Black Label Painting. He actually started a Twitch stream Definitely go check him out, guys. We talk about David quite a bit on here, just because he's, I don't know, one of the, I guess, uh, one of the best painters I know. I don't, like, I know quite a bit of uh, quite a bit of good painters out there, but uh, David's probably one of my favorite. Uh, he started a painting studio called Black Label Painting. Uh, it is just as nice as it sounds, and he does a Twitch stream. And on that Twitch stream, he actually helps you learn how to spray paint with an airbrush. And if you're on that Twitch stream, he will help you learn while you're actually on it. And that's something new. He just started this week. Uh, Super cool dude. Definitely go check him out. Uh, Also, speaking of video content, uh, Ryan over here actually took some time apart. And I know y'all all try and pick the Ryan Kimmel brain because, you know, who wouldn't? Who wouldn't try and make him come up with list for you how to beat a warlord? I try to but. pick my brain by going through the nose. That's, <laughs> that's how it works. That's That works. That's true. That's I had that for real. But anyway, so <laughs> Ryan... Yeah, sorry.
2: Sorry. Bad <laughs> joke. Wrong audience. Wrong audience. Anyway, that's an inside
1: joke. <laughs> so anyway, Ryan actually uh, has a special segment that will be released this week called just the tips with ryan and it is a horus heresy actually i mean really it could be applied to both horus heresy and 40k but it'd probably be 40K, beneficial a
2: 40k model snuck into the uh <laughs> stuck into the videos i don't know if you spotted that but i didn't have a painted um yes open top I saw you. Vehicle.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so you had so, to use a battle wagon we get it an
2: battle wagon. but anyway so use, only, ryan. Only play with the models. anyway go ahead <laughs>
1: So, Ryan actually takes his uh, super power gaming mind, not power gaming in that method, but like, whatever, Sp- space those two words apart. Uh, he actually discusses some of his tips and tricks on how to take care of opponents. You know, a lot of people, you know, we a lot of people complain about knights and things like that, or, you know, he, he teaches you how to take care of bigger objects, like a, a knight, and he also teaches you... the. Best way to use your Rhino to to block different things. There's a whole bunch of tips and tricks that Ryan actually stopped, took the time to teach how to properly use these things and how to pro- properly use tactics to your advantage when you are the David in a Goliath scenario. So a lot of cool really, things coming. It really
2: from- is designed for that. It's not for like I'm already being a cheesy dickhead. How do I stomp guys even more? It's not really. It's not intended to be that. It's intended to You know where you can basically build a fluffy army and not min-max the army, but still get that army to perform by taking some of these maybe not top-tier choice, underwhelming things and getting the most out of them so you can compete with more competitive armies while still maintaining your army being fluffy,
1: basically. That was the idea. So yeah, guys, look forward to that. That's actually going to be on the YouTube channel, uh, warhammer30k.com. And you can actually go there and see that, uh, see the just the tips. And that'll be released this week, later this week. Uh, look forward to seeing that.
2: I've uh, messed up on one of them. I'm going to go ahead and call myself out here so we don't get a million emails. There was one of the ones uh, talking about knights, and I was discussing the Icarus AutoCannon. And in the current night book, in the print form, in the digital form, in every form, it is not twin linked. And I don't, I mean, I play against Knights. I don't, I've not played against one with the autocannon yet. Um, or maybe I have, I don't remember, but anyway, it's not something I run into every day. So in the video, I tell you that it is not twin linked, which in the book, it is not, but they have recently released an FAQ, which makes it twin linked. So the autocannon is twin linked, but my point still stands when you watch the video of what I say about it. But anyway, I have to get that (laughs) out there.
1: Go ahead, Michael so so yeah guys look forward to that warmer30k.com go check out our youtube channel it'll be on there uh what else we got we got the Scandish dreadnought challenge uh definitely go check that out that's actually is, is the Ver, it's varying heresy putting that on right Correct. i always get i always mess that up and say northern heresy no i say varying heresy so yeah both podcasts heresy,
2: are cool. listen to both
1: yeah both podcasts are great guys they're out of sweden awesome dudes on both ends of the spectrum. Uh, They have the Scandish Dreadnought Challenge. That's going to be up in October. I'm currently working on that. Uh, Basically, it's trying to make your box dread cooler. Uh, Go check them out, Rangin' Heresy Podcast and the Northern Heresy Podcast. Both awesome awesome groups of guys there. Uh, There is also the... Uh, Heresy against M.D. Warlord Challenge... or Not Challenge, the uh, raffle going on. Uh, that's something also being held by Ring and Heresy. Uh, that's actually going to be done through Freddy the Swede. $35 gets you an entry into winning a pro-painted Warlord Titan through Scattershot Painting. Old Chris Birch over there uh, gets you... It's uh it's it's for a good cause. I mean, hands down, uh, Freddie the Swede, uh, his son was diagnosed with Duchenne muscular dystrophy, and so this is going towards the re- funding research uh, for muscular dystrophy in Sweden. So uh, you donate thirty five dollars. You put uh I think it, it you put raffle in the in the code in the notes. And it'll it explain if you go
2: to the website. It'll it tells you right on there are all the instructions on how to do it.
1: Yeah, just type in heresyagainstmd.com, and it'll it'll show you the instructions that you need to do to donate to the raffle. And that is we're getting pretty close to it. I know we only got a couple months left before they actually do the drawing. And the drawing is for a Warlord Titan pro painted by I've already donated. Painting. I think
2: I'm gonna donate again. It's it's lasted so long. I think by my, my charity is built back up. I'm gonna throw some more money at it
1: yeah I, I sure am and and on top of that guys and I, I know it's like you know it's all about the charity but on top of that i mean this has it's a warlord titan with all the alternative heads uh it's got all the weapon loadouts that have currently been released for the warlord titan uh do, does does it come with the the special edition books like i know there's a drawing in there for the special edition i, Age of I don't Darkness know book. that
2: it comes with it i think that There's several different, like, I think all the weapons go with it, but I think that, like, the books are just a second. So even though you may not win the Warlords, you may win one of the special edition books, you may win another prize. So there's more than one chance to win something
1: cool. Totally worth it. Not only do you get to feel good about yourself because you donated to a good cause, but there's also a chance that karma could really pay off for you and get you a sweet Warlord Titan. So that works out. But uh then
2: that's you can play through a- all the scenarios. Then you can find a friend like Michael that wants to fight it with uh, sixty Terminators or nine knights. You nine can knights. And actually do it. You can run that scenario without having to spend the money to buy a warlord. You can just do it Just this Here's my fully paying warlord. Get them Terminators painted up. Let's do this.
1: <laughs> oh, I hope you win that warlord. Who me? Yeah, and I I will I will fight you with <laughs> some Terminators. <laughs> You don't think I'll go buy 60 Cal Terminators. You got your mind. (laughs) I believe you. So that's all I got, man. That is everything I can. I mean, we recorded this twice for you guys. That's something to care about you. We could have just scrapped this episode and pretend like it never existed. But no, we kept going. And here we are. We made it to the end. How long have we been on this call? Six hours and 30 minutes. Yeah. All for you guys. All for you. <laughs> so you have anything else you want to throw in, Ryan? Um no, uh that's
2: pretty much it. Um I don't think we have any more shout-outs or anything like that. Did the list did all that. So I think we're good to go.
1: Well, all right, guys. We're gonna go get this one closed out. Once again, if you have any questions for us, go and shoot us an email. We'd we'll be glad to answer. You have a good one, guys. Bye.